You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Count Out provides a wide variety of bonus content that is right at your fingertips. On the Count Out Patreon, our podcasts are creating bonus content exclusively for you, their listener. For only $5 a month, you can watch instant reactions to major shows, watch-alongs, early access to main feed podcasts, some fun goof and gag audio, plus shows from some of the podcasters' outside interests. It's the best way to experience all that the Countout Network has to offer. So head on down to patreon.com slash countout to take part in some of the best and most fun content wrestling has to offer. Again, that is patreon.com slash countout. Everybody and welcome to Ring Post Radio, the only show that I actually don't have anything today. Uh, the only show that welcomes you into the December month, uh, the last month of 2023. Can you believe it? Another year in the books. I'm your host, Ryan Nicey. With me, as always, is the man, the myth, the legend, Scotty Edwards. Scotty, how are you doing today? I've been making an observation that we might have the worst live podcast time in the history of wrestling podcasts a 9 a.m start or 9 30 9 30 on a sunday yeah that ain't it but we keep well, you set your alarm for 9 a.m and you get 30 minutes to get your shit together i'm not talking about you and me i'm talking oh. about everyone else that ever wants to watch uh that's why that's why we uh that's why people watch after but uh hello I'm here. We have nothing to talk about today. I'm just going to spoil it for everyone. Uh, <laughs> well, the, the, the true, the true diehards of Ring Post Radio wake up 9 a.m. and tune in. I think the true diehards just wait until it's out on MP3, but that's fine. <laughs> fair. Uh, uh, that might also might be fair. Um, <clears throat> well, we either way, we appreciate you. Whether you're watching us live, watching us after the fact, or listening to us after the fact, we appreciate you nonetheless. Uh, we got the Spotify rap numbers that came in, Scotty. So, yeah, we uh, definitely appreciate everybody. I saw happened. some of us in the top five. I saw us get a number one spot. That, shout out Dylan Murray. Appreciate you, my friend. Yeah, a couple people um, tweeted us out, tweeted out their Spotify raps, and we were in there. Yeah. I don't know why you listen to us, but, hey, keep doing it. I'm trying to pull up the graphs. Where did they go? I sent them in the Slack. I don't know why, why I can't we find them. We talked a lot about something, I'm pretty sure. Uh, we talked, yeah, we talked about, <laughs> we talked about the show. We got our, got our craft together for the show. There he is. Yeah. So according to, we according swear to, we prepare, <laughs> you, you have no idea how much we prepare for the show. And it ends this week was video. like <laughs> this, this week I was scrounging for topics. We'll get yeah, to that. The again. observer gave him nothing. Uh, Spotify <laughs> wrapped uh, for, this is again, just for Spotify listeners. Of course we have listeners on iTunes and, watching us live now and all this stuff we were of all podcasts there are eight listeners out there that we are their number one podcast for Which the entire crazy year. that's absurd uh, it's 22 absurd people for 23 people. people we were in their top five for 30 people in their top 10 hey you know what i appreciate it that's arguably too many but we'll take it we were on spotify up 20 percent in listeners up seven percent in streams 
82% in followers, massive growth on Spotify. So obviously we appreciate everyone that listens to us, not just on Spotify, but of course, wherever you uh, listen to us or watch us or whatever we're doing. Uh, and, today, and today we, of course, to thank you, we have a doozy <laughs> of an episode. Oh, yeah. We got a whole lot of nothing. You're yeah, welcome. we got a I like to call a lot of quick hitters uh, of news items. You call it quick um, hitters, I call I call it nothing. <laughs> I call it the first hour. Um, but I call yeah, shows over. <laughs> if you have any, I guess if you have any comments or questions about anything we're talking about today, if you're watching us live, make sure you put it in the chat. I think the only chat we have is YouTube, so uh, that chat will have to do. Or of course, you can call us at two five two five ring ring PR. That's two five two five. Seven four six four seven seven. Um, let's get into the show here, Scotty. Is there a quick hitter you want to start with? I mean, we got a lot of nonsense. Is there something you really want to get into first? I mean, there's a oh, couple. CM Punk, huh? Yeah. Okay. Let's start off with CM Punk. Why not? He's he's doing just, something. Just get it out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, let's let's rip the CM Punk bandaid off. Um. <clears throat> so yes, CM Ow. Punk. Sorry, I was ripping the bandaid off. Um, CM Punk finally made his re-debut at Survivor Series that we talked about uh, last episode. Um, but of course, he debuted on Raw to massive ratings. They did WWE did the fantastic thing of the first hour being commercial free, and then uh, <laughs> and then never having Punk on that first hour. Did they? I'm trying to remember. Did they? Have, I think they had Randy Orton that first hour. Yeah, um, he kicked off the show. Uh, but they had a massive boost in ratings. It's best 18 to 49 key demo rating since the Monday after WrestleMania this April. Um, some massive, massive news. And of course, <clears throat> you get the CM Punk promo um, where he sort of just says, you know, I'm home. Hell has frozen over. Yada, yada, yada. Scotty, what were your big takeaways? I think a lot of people, the, the, the online topic of conversation I've sort of seen is post Survivor Series. Oh, man. That was that felt like a pretty big moment, and then post Monday Night Raw, it was sort of like, "All right, <laughs> that was that was promo." What do yeah. you think? I, th- I so like I look at it in different ways. Um, I think the promo itself was like kind of a swing and a miss for the hardcore fans that are tuning in looking for him to say more than just something about wwe right everyone's looking for those AEW comments or something of the sorts and we've learned since then that there's ndas to stop him from doing so so taking that out of the picture it was fine like i i think it's a little overblown how bad like like people are just saying it was like this utter failure I think a lot of it was said to be used against him, truthfully, right? Like the I'm home stuff, like that's going to be used against him. Everything that he's ever done will probably be used against him in stories, and that's how they're going to get better stories and better moments. Because I think someone did make a great point. I don't remember the tweet. But what is CM Punk when he's not the rebellious, you know, wrestler against the system or whatever, Right, because that as a baby face, especially that's from Chicago. Because here's the thing WWE fans like the people that run the WWE now, right? Like, people like these folks, they like Adam Pierce, they like the general manager. So, he's not rebelling against like anyone. Um, so I think in short order, he's going to be a heel. 
I don't think it's going to take long. I think they're going to run with the crowd for now because, listen, this this month of December, WWE does not care about. The fact that they just got that number because he was there, they have to be pumped about it. But again, December is not a month they care about. They're going to ramp it up in January. Him and Seth Rollins are going to build to their match. Listen, the best part of CM Punk content from Monday Night Raw was Seth Rollins' promo when he called him a hypocrite and moved on. Um, CM Punk saying the I'm just here for money thing, that's probably the truest thing he said in his entire promo. Um, my favorite thing from his promo was giving the shout-out to uh, AJ Lee, obviously. I was like, oh, well, I didn't think we were going to talk about her, so that's nice. Um, but it's wait and see for me. Like, it's wrestling, right? You can build stories. You can st- Obviously, I don't think his heart's in it like it was in AEW at one point. I think we all know that. I think the, I'm not here to be friends, I'm here to make money. Like, that's true. No shit, that's true. Why else would he be wrestling right now? He is here to make money. Um, and I think that's okay. And I think that's okay. Yeah, <clears throat> I I sort of agree uh, exactly what you're saying. He's he we we know all these things that he's here to make money. He's here to do all these things. Uh, you know, if maybe if you want to look into the uh, uh, here to make a few bucks or whatever or whatever the, that that line was, you know, may, maybe there's there's lower elements in there. Um, I I think I I think the only thing I push back in terms of the discourse uh, is the idea like so everyone's sort of like coming into is like you know what is like you said what is cm punk rebelling against he really can't rebel against anything because the crowd this wwe crowd all those cm punkers back in the day are all gone they're watching either aew they're or they're just not watching wrestling at all and on top of that you have all these new fans that seemingly peacock has brought in um that have been popped up in the past year or so um so really there's wrestling fans yeah new wrestling fans that join wwe because they like watching wwe so far so cm punk can't rebel against that and a lot of people are thinking like oh well cm punk's not going to work in this company because he has nothing to rebel against and my thought is what did he have to rebel in aew uh he was sort of rebelling against wwe by existing right But he wasn't really like rebelling. His purpose, I, I, almost in AEW, was to mm-hmm. like put over the yeah. next generation of talent, and that's what he did. And I think there's a chance he could do that again in WWE. I don't know what that next generation of talent is. I can't see CM Punk putting over Dominic Mysterio, but yeah. we never know. I guess. I think maybe part of the argument in uh, AEW was he was the biggest star, so it just didn't matter what his character was. Like he was the biggest star in the company. No question about it, no matter what people want to say. Yeah. Um, but now that he's not right now that he's not, he has to set himself apart a little bit more. What is he? And I don't know if people remember this. CM Punk's a fantastic heel when he flips that switch. Um, hope again, hopefully he finds some of it in him that really drives him in these stories. Um, but ba- see, considering that the two, the three people that we have heard he's scheduled to feud with within the next however long he's around is Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm gonna be <laughs> confident he can at least dig his teeth into one of those, if not all of them. I, I pray to God he can dig his teeth into uh, at least some of those. Um, I, I think Stone Cold Steve Austin, he definitely could, yeah. Um, 
I think, <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah, I think CM Punk is very smart and and knows enough to quickly realize, well, I can't be the rebellious character. He hasn't always been the rebellious character. Obviously, that was what he was most over in WWE. Yeah, but uh, but that crowd is different, and that crowd is uh, something else. Mm-hmm. So he has to obviously change it. Uh, yeah, let's talk about that. So there are reports <laughs> coming out about CM Punk, who he's going to be facing. Uh, obviously, Seth Rollins is up there as a report. Uh, there's a report about uh, Roman Reigns. And actually, I've heard that that report might be like, oh, it might not be Roman Reigns for like a while. A while. I even said I saw they went as far as saying that could be the way to finally turn Roman babyface. And I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> like the crowd isn't super cheering for him right now. Um, yeah, but another report that came out is that WWE, quote, this is from the Wrestling Observer. I don't know if he is taken from else. I guess Fightful is the one that originally reported it. Yeah, select at it. Uh, WWE is optimistic that a match between CM Punk and Stone Cold Steve Austin could happen, so much so that they think that that could be a match that happens at WrestleMania. Um, so, <laughs> insane. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is an insane thought. We already had Austin come back against Kevin Owens, and now he may come back against CM Punk. That could be the WrestleMania match. I, we talked about it last week where I said, like, what would be the best match at WrestleMania? We talked about Seth. We talked about yeah. Roman. You know, CM Punk would be a good way to avoid ruining those stories that you have yeah. going on of Roman and Cody and Seth and whoever else. If you do, if you pull Steve Austin out of the, the cryo chamber uh, and put him in a match of, with CM Punk, Hey, you know, that's going to work. I think that's going to work. I saw some people say like, ah, you know what? This doesn't interest me anymore. Bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. If those, here's the thing with those two. The whole entire buildup is the story ahead. I don't care about the match. It's just the one or two promo battles you get between the two, right? That matters. Mm -hmm. I don't care about anything else. Um, and ultimately, like, I watched a Stone Cold fight from two years ago against Kevin Owens. It was a great time. Like, it, it's so easy. And I think CM Punk could just be as easy, truthfully. Like, I I think I think it's fine. It would be a hell of a addition to WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I think everyone has figured out what most of the top of the, you know, top of the card is, right? Yeah. Obviously, Roman and Cody. Like, I think I, I don't know who said it this week, but that's been planned as early as a year ago mm-hmm. that this would be the main event. I was like, and people thought it wasn't happening. Yeah, you're telling me that it's not The Rock? I thought The oh, Rock. No, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Um, so you know, Roman and Cody, which is obviously going to be humongous because those two have somehow not lost any of their steam despite wrestling a year ago at WrestleMania. Uh, Seth versus someone. Uh, you could throw a number of people into the hat uh into the whatever the ring the ring there you go could be <laughs> gunther could be drew mcintyre we don't know yeah um orton, orton well orton's on smackdown now so oh tough. yeah yeah, yeah. I forgot about that but uh by the way orton was fantastic in his return this guy's like out of his mind mm-hmm. um anyways you have you know rhea ripley and becky lynch and so on and so forth. So you have like all these big matches. You had CM Punk versus Stone Cold Steve Austin in there. I mean, come on, guys. Like, like I, I know like some people are just over CM Punk, and that's fine. I get it. But if you're not over CM Punk and that doesn't interest you, 
you're lying. You're just lying. I'm not saying it's going to be like this classic or even as good as it would have been 10 years ago. I'm not silly. But you know what? It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's going to be, uh, at the very least, uh, surreal, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's a, it's an interesting possibility. I mean, are you, after seeing the promo on Monday, are you more or less, or about the same, I guess, uh, excited about Punk's WWE uh, future? I'm about the same. Like it, it didn't. I thought it was a bad first promo, especially with what all of us expected. Mm-hmm. But again, it's just the first promo. Like yeah. I think he's someone that can build, right? He can build more. He can. He if he's invested, this is the biggest question. I don't know if he's ever going to be invested, but if he finds himself invested in a Seth Rollins story or a Roman Reigns story or something, then it's going to be good. Because yeah. that's what he does. The Roman Reigns story writes itself with Paul Heyman anyway. So um, who I don't think he speaks to anymore. That's another fun part of a lot of this journey is that he doesn't speak to most of these people anymore outside of like, <laughs> like, it's going to be fun. Just like these people that are like trashing on him because, you know, essentially he left them all in the dust. Um, and I think that's going to be an easy way to make him a heel or baby face, depending on the story at hand. I, I think it's funny that uh, <laughs> let's just assume that CM Punk doesn't speak to anyone anymore. Yeah, <laughs> like, I just know I, who is the report. I think Kofi, who they used to be um, bus mates. Yeah, and like, Bailey was to, the other one. And Bailey are the two that like loved him. I like how that report back. came out. I like how yeah, that report was, was like, like well, people like him. <laughs> people yeah. like him in the back. <laughs> Don't worry. Well, you know, it's important. But hey. I'm, I'm glad this. Kofi was was why was Kofi there? Was he just there to do a? He was on Raw. He's on Raw. No, I thought that report came out after Survivor Series. Oh, I don't know. Maybe he likes to sit back and catering. Who knows? I don't, was I don't was know. he, well, was they were they there because they had that little? Was they in a ruffle spot? They probably think. Yeah, were. I think they were. Or a Slim Jim spot, I think. Where's our Archer made his grand return? Correct. Of course. Um. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be interesting to see how everything plays out. It's just you know. Uh, clock is ticking. How how long do you think CM Punk stays in this company, <laughs> or or can last uh, without losing his mind, losing his entire board? I think he's going to be part time, so I think he can last a little bit longer. Um, yeah. he definitely gets to WrestleMania. Yeah, a hundred percent. And after that payday, anything's open. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, he gets the st- he gets his main event finally that he wanted decades ago i wanted the rest of baby in front they give it to him all right see you guys <laughs> all right and then just put, turn he walks through the curtain just punches yeah. seth rollins in the face and walks out i will say the royal rumble based off of like what's currently planned it looks like it's going to be the two royal rumble matches of course seth and punk and then yeah. roman and randy that's yeah. like the most stacked rumble they've ever done in a while at least in a while because they have a Royal Rumble itself that's like, oh, anyone could actually win for once. Yeah. What an idea. Our truth comes out, wins it all. Uh, Dream. It. Thank you. I knew it. Um, yeah. Uh, let's move on. Um, People over there with the. <laughs> Why did you say you, if you that feel like... me? Say it with the. Why are you saying it like a slow R&B rap song? Uh, like... I don't know if you've ever seen. Uh, you probably haven't. But if you ever watch. Um, 
the Uno party on uh, Up Up Down Down. Oh, Tyler yeah. Breeze in the middle of like the game would be like people over there. What's up? <laughs> if you feel me, say what's up. Anyways, AEW. Let's talk about <laughs> AEW. AEW uh, uh, is sort of pushing back on the perception that's sort of given been giving to them over the past couple of months. Uh, according to the Observer. Uh, Quote, those internally in AEW have argued that they believe the perception from the outside that AEW is a declining company is a massive disconnect, citing the huge increase in revenue and that they are so far ahead as an overall business from where they were at the start of 2023 and that the year overall has to be called a massive success, particularly the second half of the year. From an actual annual profit situation, 2024 would in theory be in line to perform better than this past year. One would presume because they're going to get a TV deal, yada, yada, yada. On top of that, uh, AEW All-In tickets went uh, on sale this past Friday. Uh, and according to WrestleTix, uh, so far, uh, they have sold, uh, they have distributed 33,923 tickets for a setup of 44,000. Uh, obviously, they, they had, what, 80,000, 81,000 last August. Um, and they are a little below what they were last year, but it doesn't matter. 30, almost practically 34,000 tickets. That's an insane number. That's an insane win. Uh, and with, uh, I don't know, months left to build, uh, I think they can you easily see 34,000? Yes, 34,000 tickets. Yeah, that's insane. I yeah, that's no already idea. insane. I didn't know that. Um, and what do they have set up for, like, 44 of them? Correct. All right, well, they're going to open that up. But cool. <laughs> And they have, <laughs> they have nine months to build <laughs> to sell more tickets. Hey, you think you think we'll get a card a little bit earlier this time around? I pray to God we will. <laughs> I pray to God. That's, we don't a, get it. that's incredible, though. Like at the, like, no matter how you look at it, mm-hmm. it's incredible to have thirty four thousand all this time out. Because I remember seeing them running it back instantly. I was like, I don't know, man. That's a that's a <laughs> choice. But like, if you remember the All In show, everyone I know that was there absolutely love that show no matter what you feel about mjf versus adam cole that atmosphere was out of this world for that so yeah. like it doesn't matter and it's gonna be osprey in the main event so that's a good know, point that's a great point a, yeah it I, writes I, itself i think it, dave makes a good point also in the observer that he has you know that reminder of hey well also don't forget that they are selling these tickets at a higher price um so they are already i think you said they're already at like a i don't know i'm getting the number wrong i thought you said he was already at like a four million dollar gate or something like that something insane like that um i'll double check that that might be right um uh but yeah because they're selling the tickets uh for more money uh they don't have to sell as many tickets and don't have to sell eighty one thousand tickets like they did last august to crack their gate Uh, on the end of the uh, like all the other numbers that we talked about before all in um they're, they're about to get a tv deal that's yep. gonna be more big money like all the people that were like i thought aw is failing i thought it no 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 people need to understand what the conversation is when it comes to aw aw has not been failing sure are the shows as packed as they were at the beginning no. Are there a, roughly always. a thousand less people in the arenas? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. 
but they're still selling tickets. They're still bringing in people watching their shows on TV. They mm-hmm. still have the best pay-per-views in pro wrestling. Like, this is the way you have to look at it. And, and, and no one ever said they weren't a financial success. No one's yeah. ever said that. They just want the product to be better that they're watching. That is all we're asking. We, we and guess the, what? The product to be better and the ticket sales are, you know, they they are declining. The, the Pro- ticket product sales. goes up. If the product goes up, ticket sales go up because yeah. it'll be a hot product. You know what I watched in WWE over the past two years? That. And look yeah. at them. They're red hot. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, it's like, yeah, the, the, the product right now is something that you and I have spoken about several times about how we're not really into a lot of it right now. The ticket sales in terms of like the, like being the physical tickets being distributed are down. There are roughly a thousand less people in the buildings than they were earlier this year or last year. However, the, the revenue is still high because they are still selling the tickets for a higher price. They said that the latter half of the year, latter half of the year, that's all in Wembley, 81,000 tickets sold. That's running monthly pay-per-views. The business is Pay-per-view's still doing damage. Yeah, pay-per-views are still doing gangbusters. Like they are still doing, having a great financial year. And if they can continue doing what they're already doing, bring yeah. turn sort of their product around. I think, I think personally, if they had a better product, like you said with WWE, how they're kind of turning the product around now. If you turn, if AEW becomes a better product that you and I are more into, or all this other stuff, then we will sell more tickets for them. Yes. yes, right now it's money on the table that they're leaving. If they can turn that product around, m- that money's back. They'll even have a better year on top of whatever TV deal they may get uh, in 2024. Yeah. And I have all the confidence they can. That's the thing. I think some people think like the it's doomsday. No, no, I know they can. I watched Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston kick each other's asses last night <laughs> on Collision, and it was the best thing we've seen on TV in months. And this is coming from someone that really liked Dynamite this week. But the, yeah. it, it's so it's so easy for this company. You put on great wrestling, and guess what? The people are going to love it. There's still going to be, like, Dynamite this week. There's still the little things that I'm not loving. But you know what? I can look past that if there's just greatness on the rest of the show, which there was. Yeah. Yeah. This past Dynamite was pretty good. Uh, more, it, more great wrestling, less of the spooky garbage and the devil and all this ridiculous stuff. It's very easy. I can deal with all that, like I said, if I'm getting the great wrestling, which guess what? Right now, I am. Mm-hmm. Shout out Mark Briscoe. Exactly. Stud. Exactly. That's stud. That, that, that match. Yeah, that match, that Roosh-Mark Briscoe match. If oh. Roosh didn't get injured. That match, I would have been like, ah, easy, four stars. <laughs> like, easy. Roosh is easy uh, facing Moxley this week. I know. <laughs> they faced each other earlier in the year. I don't even remember that match at all. I just remember Roosh versus Danielson. That's all I remember is Roosh versus Danielson. I, I, I think I about keep, it every night and day. I keep thinking about that match. Especially um, fly away. Yeah, but yeah, the, the financial success, despite um, declining numbers in some aspects, uh, in terms of physical things uh, and ratings or whatnot, they're still making money. They're still a dynamic, uh, ginormous financial success. Um, they're still going to be a financial success. Um, and it's just a matter of time before they make even more money. And like we said, if they turn a little product around, I think like you, like you said, or like I said, sorry, I think they're leaving a little bit of money on the table. So if they can turn the product around just a little bit, 
uh, and make it more wrestling oriented, like we're talking about, then I think, yeah, 2024 is set up to be a ginormous year. I look forward to their TV deal. I think the industry is waiting on Raw, um, and then they'll get theirs. Uh, But it sounds like Raw is pretty close with whoever um, it ends up being, because that's what Triple H and Nick Khan were doing this past Monday, so per Meltzer. So here we go. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, speaking of, uh, speaking of, I don't know if you'll see it as a low light or a positive or, or whatever, but, uh, speaking of, uh, things changing in AEW, uh, QT QT Marshall as, uh, Marshall, sorry, my apologies, sir. My apologies. QT Marshall announced in a Twitter post this past week that he is leaving AEW, uh, in then Twitter post, he said, Thank you, AEW. Thank you, Tony Khan. I've had the privilege of being here since day one and I've written over 750 formats of AEW and always with pride. As much as I've enjoyed being a VP, manager of talent relations, and wearing a myriad of hats, the company has changed a lot since 2019 and is heading in a different direction. And I feel that it's best I do the same as we only get one chance to go all in. I've officially resigned from AEW and will have fully uh, fulfilled all obligations by the end of 2023. And it continues with more thanks to everyone in the back. So, uh he is an interesting person that that just right off the bat before we get to this nick hausman report he's an interesting person that leaves aew because you know his on-screen character has nothing been there's really been nothing more than like a lower card act two packs of ass (laughs) two packs of ass as one as a as a great man once said um i believe that was jordan patu once upon a time on twitter uh, but he, behind the scenes, uh, as he said here, uh, VP, manager of tolerations, myriad of different hats. At one point in time, at the very beginning, you know, he was like a number two person, right, in the company. Um, he was a person that was helping TK basically work a lot of the behind the scenes aspect of a wrestling show. Um, but now with, you know, the Nightmare family <laughs> quickly leaving this company, not quickly, but slowly leaving this company. Uh, no, it was, it was pretty quick. It is fairly, yeah, I guess. Well, to me, Q- once Cody left, the Nightmare family left. So <laughs> no, QT was still there, is what I mean. But what yeah, I mean well, to say is that QT yeah. at one point in time was uh, uh, really heavily involved in the product of AEW back when, if you want to talk, he's an interesting person because back when the the feeling was there, QT Marshall was sort of the second person in charge. He sort of he no longer has been the second the person in charge. Feeling question mark. I, th- that's what I, that's kind of what I'm trying to broach here is that he was the number two person in charge back when the feeling was around and the feel and he has not been the number two in charge ever since Jimmy Jacobs and Brian Jansen have come in the company and he has gone down the totem pole obviously however there is also the aspect of this Nick Hausman article that has come out that he so- somehow talked to people in QT Marshall's camp sorry QT Marshall's camp He's always in people's camps, uh, this, this Nick Hallett. Always. Uh, he said, based on speaking of those close to QT Marshall, that's probably just QT Marshall, his, quote, AEW <laughs> moving in a new direction comment was alluding to the fact that he believes AEW is heading in a more New Japan-related direction that is more focused on matches than storytelling. When asking around about why Khan is going that way, one source told flatly, TK has always liked that style. So this, that's kind of what I'm bringing up here is that QT Marshall has been at the beginning and been the time when he is in the feeling. He's no longer in charge. The feeling has been lost. 
but he also wants it to be less New Japan style and more story stuff. But it feels like to you and I, the lack of New Japan style, the lack of the increase of sports entertainment style is what caused the feeling. So I'm all over the place on this phrasing and these quotes and articles. What, what is your take on this whole QT Marshall uh, leaving AEW thing? What? Uh, the New Japan thing, yeah, that's when it all ended for me. I was like, all right, well, I don't know if he knows this, but New Japan tells some of the best stories in pro wrestling through their yeah. matches. Yeah, there is a full disconnect by that New Japan quote. And and I think a lot of AEW's best matches and best stories have happened through the matches throughout the years, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's when I was like, oh, okay, good riddance then. I was like, if if that's what you think, it's like, then you don't, one, you don't understand a completely different side of the business, which is Japanese professional wrestling and the way stories are told there. Um, especially or, or I'll say audience. I'll say not just another side of the business, another side of I I think like wrestling philosophy. Now, granted, he Absolutely. probably knows more about wrestling than I do. But yeah, this idea sure. of you can tell stories through matches. Yeah. I feel like that's a whole um, part of it. I was listening to the Observer this week, well, radio probably, and uh, Meltzer was talking about how he really wants to be a pro wrestling star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've heard that as well. I, I don't I don't know if he knows this. Um, he's not going to be. He's just not like he's not that guy. You know, if it's not happening to AEW, I can promise you it's not happening to WWE. If anything, you're going to be brought into WWE as a backstage consultant because Cody Rhodes got you a job. Right? Like that's what's going to happen. If he wants to be a wrestling star, have fun in AAA. I know that's where you're working. Have fun there. Um, MLW? NWA? Sure, I guess. I World Heavyweight I, Champion QT Marshall? Two, two, he actually probably worked well in the NWA. Uh, I agree. Um, back to the overall, like, did he help bring the feeling whatever? No. Like, he probably helped, but, like, he's not the entire reasoning behind it. Sure. Right? Like, that's just not true. Because there was a long time that Brian Danielson was in this company that this company was great. The hottest stretch of this company is all out 2021 until pretty much all out 2022, right? That's yeah. that's the hottest period in this company. I don't know where he was in the the pecking uh, order. In the pecking order at that time. Meanwhile, Cody Rhodes left during this time, so I'm sure he wasn't as high as he once was by the end of the run. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he definitely helped a lot, for sure, during the early years. And while I would say he's going to be missed a lot, clearly he didn't have that role anymore. And I just don't think we're going to notice anything um, with QT Marshall gone. But uh, I wish him the best. Obviously, hope he finds a job. If he if he doesn't want to wrestle much anymore, I'm sure Cody Rhodes can get him something. Uh, but it sounds like he does. So hopefully, it, you know, here's here's the truth. If if this is true, right, right, we're th- we're talking about bringing back that feeling, whatever. In LLW, where someone would benefit from adding him and bringing him on their booking team, 
Like, yeah, that's the, that's just the truth. He should have ran I, at Ring of Honor. That's what they should have had him do. I fully this agree. Is true. I uh, fully agree. Go, go continue on that thought. Why you think he should have run Ring of Honor? Um, well, because Ring of Honor is in the midst of being non-existent. Um, they have. I don't know if they've even sold a thousand tickets yet. Um, I can look I'll look that up for you. I, I, they're pretty close, but still, that's not good with the show. Uh, less than two weeks out from today. Uh, you know, Joey Janela actually had a great point this week, and that was that was what? tough for me to admit. Um, which I didn't. Uh, it was one of those final like final battle what? as of December first, two days ago, at the time of recording. Uh, distributed nine hundred ninety six tickets. Yeah, so I would assume they're over a thousand at this point. When that came out, he he tweeted that sucks. Run smaller buildings, hundred percent. Why isn't this in the New York City market? Run ROH like an independent promotion, three or four shows a month. Find a booker and someone to run the ship. Tony doesn't have to be there. I guarantee a huge increase in honor club subscribers and a better overall exciting product. This is AEW Dark Deluxe, mm-hmm. is what Janela said, and I couldn't agree more. And I feel like QT Marshall, Marshall would have been great in that role. Um, I feel like there's a number of guys that would be great in that role to really just run Ring of Honor so Tony Khan doesn't have to. Um, and uh, yeah, I I think uh, I think I think the New Japan thing might be taken out of context. We don't know for sure what he means. I think. He doesn't understand the the storytelling in the ring as much on a New Japan aspect rather than like the WWEs and AEWs or not AEWs, but like what we see here in the States comparably. Like because I, I know he knows that storytelling happens in the ring. He's a pro wrestler. I would hope he knows that. Um sure. but the way Japan New Japan does it, I don't know if he gets that. And the way New Japan does it, I'll say in Japanese wrestling as a whole is the best. So if you don't want that, that's what AEW has brought multiple times. And it's sometimes been the best stuff going in the ring. I watched again, I'm going to bring this up. I watched Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston yesterday that had that all over it. That's what the continental classic is. It's about creating new stories and creating stories in the ring, mm-hmm. the desperation to want to win. Stuff like that. We're seeing with Daniel Garcia and his desperation to get back on any role, right? We're seeing it with John Moxley and the promos he's cutting backstage after his matches. I'm hurt. And then he has these great matches. It's on and on and on. It's so simple. Uh-huh. It's so simple. And if that if that's not what he wanted to see, then goodbye. Yeah, I think I think you nailed on the head. I think QT Marshall. Uh, whatever that new Japan comment is, he doesn't, I don't think he's a guy that seemingly likes the WWE style of sports entertainment. I mean, his character was full QTV was full on sports entertainment. That was ass by the way. Like, <laughs> like if there was, was a, worse, was a couple packs of ass for sure. If there was a worst gimmick award, I think there is, that would be heavily considered by me. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So he, he is an interesting character in that realm. I don't necessarily think the idea of like what sports entertainment, what counts as sports entertainment is a very interesting 
line to me. Like there was also that quote from Matt Hardy this week as well, where he talked about how kind almost similarly to what QT was sort of talking about, how that he wishes that there was more character driven storytelling than just matches. And he talked about how great character driven storytelling is being told in the Adam Copeland, Christian cage. Sure. Right. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's a good character driven story right there. But to what's interesting is that like, I don't consider that like sports entertainment. I consider that feud like wrestling, you know, it's two people that want to fight and they're going to fight in a wrestling match. Maybe there's an argument that the title doesn't really matter in this wrestling match. And there's that aspect of it, but it's at the end of the day, that feels like wrestling character driven storytelling is important to wrestling and, and what I would consider wrestling, but there's this fine line where like, as soon as you start crossing into like timeless, Tony Rod- Roderick strong WWE isms, yeah. that's where it bleeds into sports entertainment for you, Scotty, where do you think that line is? And where do you think like, you know, just, just matches new Japan style to this WWE thing is like, where is this divide now that we're talking about it? If, sports entertainment into wrestling wrestling into sports entertainment where's that line for you it's funny that you say it's pro wrestling because uh Meltzer says it's all sports entertainment at the end of the day because like technically the term is exactly what it is because this is a written sport um but the line for me is and i really don't care what we call it at this point like sure um the line for me is look at the MJF and Adam Cole story. I'm someone that was supportive of that for a few months there. And then I fell off. Right. The line is the over enthusiasms of a character. And what I mean by that is overacting um, over the top characters that don't follow the rest of the company. And when I say that, I'm not trying to say someone should stand out, but Timeless Tony was working really well in the original realm, right? She was going crazy. Uh, She didn't know, right? Because after she lost her title, she's losing her mind. And then somehow we got to full on black and white. (laughs) Right. Every time she's on my screen, it's in black and white. And she's talking in an act in a specific accent and that's overboard. There's the store. There was a driven story there with her going crazy. And then it went off the, the went off the tracks. That is something that I think you go from the pro wrestling character to what, you know, like what you're saying, sports entertainment. And listen, I don't even think this is something WWE would do. I don't think they're turning their screen black and white for a character like this. Um, yeah, maybe they did for like the VOD villains in NXT. Congratulations, you're being compared to the VOD villains that never made it successfully out of NXT. Congrats, awesome. Um, I I think what Matt Hardy is trying to say is that he wants more stories told in the ring, like an Edge and Christian, which are great, but some stories just don't need that either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right the best story driven 
work from this week besides the Edge and Christian stuff were the promos that didn't air on TV after the Continental Classic matches. And you know how we got to those? Because of the matches. Mm -hmm. Because that is what pro wrestling is. Stories need matches and matches need stories. I don't know if that's difficult for people to figure out. It's not just matches. Every match should be telling a story. It's the matches that aren't telling any story that I could do without for sure, but sometimes they're used to get us further down the line, right? You have a match between, you know, the House of Black, Matt Seidel, and Christopher Daniels on T- on Collision last night. That was to get us to the next part of the thing with FTR because they're going to come out after, but this is a way to get them on TV, have a cool match, whatever. That's fine, but the best stories are built through matches just like we're seeing in the continental classic now you know we started the first week i think the first week was fine it had a you know kind of a wash (laughs) yeah the last match for me of the entire tournament was the best uh, of the of the tournament that week was the best one with eddie and brody king but other other than that it was like all right a wash this week we we absolutely ramped it up we went to the levels that we expected from this tournament and after that they had these incredible promos that's yep. what wrestling is all about to me and we're starting to get some of those as i talked about wanting in the continental classic we're starting to get some of those long-term stories starting to be built up moxley getting starting to get injured right uh, yep. roosh roosh also kind of getting injured uh, uh, <laughs> uh like you said Dana Garcia is sort of like constantly yeah. overdoing it on being wanting to be like this wrestler, overdoing the mm-hmm. uh, what's the line dragon tamer move, I think yep. is what it's called, uh, overdoing it and getting and losing because of it twice in a row. Uh, I love where his story's going because mm-hmm. I, I think, like, for example, it's going towards the Brian Danielson match, the last time he was great, right? Yeah. Like, the last time this guy was him. And I'm hoping that's where we finally get the Daniel Garcia that so many of us picked as like a future star of this company last year. Yeah. Yeah. And that I I'm, I'm wondering when that Daniel Garcia match is going to happen. Right. Uh, I would love if that's what kept Danielson out. Me too. That would be very interesting. I don't know if, it, I, don't know if I, happen, I can't see him missing the semifinals. I think that, well, the other question is like, because Danielson obviously missed his first match against Andrade, um, and they didn't do a buy or, or give Andrade points, so they're going they're planning on doing the match as a makeup. Um, yeah. They're gonna ramp, They're gonna make that guy wrestle twice in a week. Yeah. E- well, that's my thought. Either he's wrestling twice in a week on Dynamite and Collision, yeah. or twice we do night. a sh- we do a match of the pre-show or earlier in the night on World's End, and then the semifinal. Oh no, the semifinals. No, probably semifinals are before that. Oh really? Oh, then I have no idea what he's gonna be no, doing. This. They're they're just gonna squish poor Danielson in, and he's gonna wrestle with an eye patch, and he's gonna have the best matches in the tournament. Because I think the Continental Classic is a great way to showcase that you can tell stories through matches, yeah, and not have matches happen around stories, yeah. Um, and they're starting to get into the that more this week. And as the tournament goes on, I think they'll get into it even more. And I think that is really going to prove what works in wrestling. I mean, it's yeah. it, you and I are enjoying the Continental Classic at least now in week two. They've made Brody King in two weeks. Yeah, 
Daniel Garcia is going story. back to where he was in two weeks. Yeah, like not there so, yet. Not there yet, to be fair. But you know, he's getting. I don't. There. I think I said this about like the Malachi stuff. One, Matt Seidel should be on TV more. Um, two, pro wrestling can be very easy. It can. Yeah. Booking the Continental Classic ain't easy, I'm sure. Like, getting every match set up to make it all work, that's not easy. But what is easy is using a tournament like this to develop 12 wrestlers at one time in their stories. Yeah. You're feeling it for every single one of them. I saw that Jay White promo after his match this week, and I was like, oh, my God, that's the Jay White I remember. Yeah. Um, the John Moxley one, I think, speaks for itself. Like, this guy is just... He's on another level, um, but it's like it, it again. It's so easy. They have this great story that he Kingston going on. He mm-hmm. he got too over confident. He put all his titles on the line. Now he's sitting at zero and two. Can he get back into it? It's just so it's so good, it's so simple. It's exactly what this should be about. It's exactly what AEW should be about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and at the end of the day, I think. For me, the line between sports entertainment and wrestling is what every everything in wrestling I think should have character driven stories. Yeah, I think it, it, you know, one of the best stories, character driven stories in AEW is the elite and everything that happened with Adam Page, a character driven story. And uh, I think that obviously succeeded. And I think at the end of the day, if you want to look at that line between wrestling and sports entertainment, I think it is how much weight do the matches have in the story? Sure. I think the the idea of why I think Adam Copeland and Edge is a good wrestling story is because these two guys now, or at least Adam Copeland now, Christian less so based on this past Wednesday, but that's his character. They want to fight each other. They're going to fight over a title. Uh, Adam Page and Omega fighting over they they want to fight each other and it also happens to be they're fighting for the title. This mm-hmm. story right now was we're going to create stories and they're fighting in a match. You know Moxley and Page this year fighting. They want to go and fight. Swerve and and Adam Page at at uh, the last pay per view. They want to go out and fight. You know how much weight do the matches have? Yeah. I think that's sort of the matches with Timeless Tony don't matter. No, they don't think. Matter. Roderick Strong, the matches don't really matter. Um, MJF, kind of the matches don't really matter uh, because we're just sort of at this point waiting to see what the devil does. Um, yeah. So yeah. I think to me, it's like that's sort of the line. And you don't, you can have character-driven stories. You should have character-driven stories in wrestling. Um, every, some of the biggest people in wrestling were also characters. Ric Flair was also a character. Hulk Hogan was Ric also sucks. a character. Hulk Hogan Ric sucks. I agree. <laughs> you get my point there. Can you have named two worse people. <laughs> uh, 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 Shawn Michaels. Uh, it's fine. I don't. I don't know if that's that's yeah, pretty close. Uh, but for other reasons, I guess. the idea that you know Ric Flair is a great wrestler. He was a big time character. Um, I think the thing is, is that matches have to matter, and I think it's you should have character driven stories. It's just you have to have matches that matter. And in and QT Marshall leaving, if he wants, if he thinks just matches is too much, well, then I think he's missing the plot on potentially that matches also matter and they should yeah. matter most when it comes to wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. 
For Speaking sure. of wrestlers, let's talk about other wrestlers popping up in other companies. We have two potential sightings. Well, one definite sighting. One, <laughs> I saw him show up. <laughs> uh, and that's Kota Ibushi showing up in Noah, uh, popping up. So he showed up in Noah, and he was challenged by, and then I believe accepted the challenge of Naomichi Fuji, and they were going to be in the main event for Noah's New Year's show, uh, January 2nd, I want to say it is. You, know, you want to talk about character-driven stories and building a story mm-hmm. just for it to be kicked out of the main event? Oh, <laughs> eat your heart out, you know, and Manabu Soya, eat your <laughs> heart out. Damn. Uh, no. They, they got, they got uh, WWE'd by the part-timers. You know, when the part-timers would roll in, they would just toss them in the main event, and everyone's like, why would you do that? Yeah, uh, That's exactly what happened this time around. And don't get me wrong. I understand why they're putting Marifuji and Kota Ibushi in the main event. It kind of speaks for itself, right? Like, that's two of the best wrestlers ever, <laughs> right? Well, two of the best wrestlers on the roster? well yeah well it it, it's i can't defend it main eventing but i understand why noah's doing it does that make sense yes it's it's the muto situation all over again on this past noah pay-per-view the main event was a tag team match of tetsumi fujinami Yes. Yes, yes, yes 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 it was um god so Ibushi obviously coming in finally. You know, you and me once upon a time, Ryan. I don't know if you remember this. We said that him going to Noah made a lot of sense. We did. And then they never happened. And then he got then the he all elite <laughs> graphic. And then we saw him wrestle a couple times. And... Yeah. You know what's funny? One of his his be- his first like great showing, or not great, but better showing was in Glate. I don't know yeah. if you remember that, but he like looked pretty good in that. And I was like, like a okay, man so tag or something. Yeah, it was an absurd amount of people. Um, but he looked good. And I was like, okay, there's something still here. Now here's the problem, Ryan. <laughs> in the year of 2023, neither of these two wrestlers are capable of carrying the other, right? They're just no. not at they're not those dogs anymore. Once no. upon a time, this would be like our, this could have been the best match of the year. Mm-hmm. Truthfully, like seven years ago, I, w- I would not be shocked if this was one of the best matches of the year. Well, maybe not seven, but like five. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it'll go that far back. Um, now, I'm still gonna watch it. That's I'll tell you that. Um, no. The Mayor Fuji Osprey match was good, but you know okay. it was against out, Osprey, like. Uh, I'm trying to give Marifuji something. Yeah, Marifuji can still show up when the time needs him to. And I think this is yeah. one of those times he's going to try. It's going to be on the Abushi output more than anything. Which is spotty at best. Spotty at best, for sure. Now, is this his first singles match back? Abushi? Yeah. No, of course. He wrestled WrestleMania weekend against Joey Janela. Is this his first singles match back that anyone gives a shit about? <laughs> Probably. Is this, is this his first true singles match? I think it is. Like, those matches had stipulations and stuff. 
Uh, the speedball one was a Josh Barnett thing, and the Joey yeah. Janela one was. Stupid. So he had it was a Bushi versus Mike Bailey at Bloodsport. It was a Bushi versus Janela at Spring Break for 24 minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, then he was at Blood and Which Guts. Was not a normal singles match. No. Then he was at Blood and Guts. Then he was at Glate in the. Like, I know eight. where he was. Where are they single matches? <laughs> I'm going through it. He was in a. He was at All in London. He was at Wrestle Dream in, in six man tags, and then the street fight. So yeah, no, so no. This was his first true singles match. Yeah, and also his first match back in Japan since uh, was that October 2021. You just said Glate. Fuck. His right. first singles match back in Japan. Yeah, maybe. Final, though. <laughs> and I think that's a big deal. Ultimately, sucks for Kino and Manabu Soya. That's yeah. my first take. Yeah. Um, I think I think Manabu Soya, like, out of all the bad things I've been able to say about Noah this past year, one thing I will give credit to is Manabu Soya kind of becoming a viable challenger and a viable wrestler for them. Yeah. Um, but I get it. I, I really do. It's the Muto situation. It That's what it is at the end of the day. We're selling tickets, right? It was the same thing last year with Nakamura and Muto. Mm-hmm. This year, it's ne- freaking Marafuji and Ibushi, which I'll say it, probably going to be better than Nakamura and Muto as an actual wrestling match, even despite their limitations. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I wonder if uh, Ibushi sticks around. If Ibushi's sticking around, Kano, your days are numbered. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know he signed AEW, but like he just drops it. So it's like, is he really signed? No, he goes back to Japan after every match he has. So he's he's based in Japan. I don't think they would stop him. Well, I wonder if, you know, we sort of talked about it at the time with Ibushi of, you know, Noah probably wouldn't be able to afford him full time. So maybe if he's working in the States, he's working at AEW. I, I think Cyber Fight could pay for Kota Ibushi. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> but but I, that's my point is that, you can have him show it up on the state side for AEW and then sure. him work in Japan side for Noah. And that yeah. could be something that might be popping up. Sure. Uh, down, like maybe it isn't fully yeah. part time. Maybe it is like, yeah. you know, more full time than we think. Yeah. If he's hitting like Corkins and their big shows, maybe. Um, I, will, I will say this. Have you seen like half of the matches that they're making for this card? Uh no, like I don't think half of them have New Japan talent. Like Satoshi Kojima oh, yeah. and Go Shiozaki yeah. are gonna wrestle. We're getting Masakita Mi and Tomohiro Ishii, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Saber Jr. having their road to Wrestle Kingdom match on the show. Um, they have packed this with New Japan talent, and 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 I'll take it one step further. So, um, New Japan's English Twitter account tweeted out like the Japan Week events. Yeah. Right, so they had the two stardom shows on there, Queendom and um, the January fourth show. Yeah, they had the freaking Noah show on the tweet. Mm. I was like, damn. I mean, I don't, I don't blame them because they're sending over a ton of wrestlers, but damn, that's crazy. Yeah, I guess they now have three people: Tanahashi, Saber, and uh, Ishii on the lineup. Yeah, uh, Ishii matches isn't official, seemingly. Uh, uh, yeah. It'll happen, but. Like they the, need Kojima, it. the Kojima one isn't either, but if you add those two matches, 
I'm much more interested in the card than I was. Well, no one needs it. They need some sort of ticket mover. I mean, they are what? Probably they do. They got Kota Ibushi. They're probably, well, I mean, like long-term, a ticket mover. Oh, like yeah. they keep well, they Kota Ibushi around. Because they are what? Probably fourth in Japan right now? Yeah. They, New Japan. Um, this year, they're, they're bumped up by the Muto stuff. But overall, sure. it's New Japan, Stardom, probably Dragon Gate. And then I was going to say All Japan. All Japan's this All Japan's been great too. Yeah. Um, they no one could be fifth <laughs> in tickets Yikes. right now. Yikes! Uh, um, Jake Lee run did them wonders. <laughs> sure. Uh, Bobby Batito, uh, if I'm pronouncing the last name right, had a question in the YouTube chat uh, about Julia. I'm going to circle back back that circle back to that when we get to that. It's talking about stardom. Before we talk about stardom. I want to talk about uh, some some legs, some suit wearing legs popped up in CMLL. And a watch. There's and a watch. watch. And a watch. It was CM and a Punk. Beard. It was CM Punk. He was tapping his watch. Uh, right. Showed up in CMLL. The current theory is that it's probably going to be Andrade El Idolo showing up in CMLL. He's returning to CMLL after a great year. Um, when? Who knows? It you know The whole video was like, oh, soon or whatever. Um, what do you think about the potential return of Andrade back in CMLL? It would be massive. Like, gigantic. He hasn't been in CMLL since 2015. He's He's been in AAA. When he's not in WWE, yeah. he's in AAA a little bit. He did a little bit of AAA. Very forgettable AAA for the most part. Um, obviously, he had his fallout there. And now that AEW has a relationship with CMLL in some form. Uh, this excites me greatly that he could be back. Um, I don't know what his popularity levels are there now, obviously, because I don't, I don't know trends of the Mexican market. My guess is it would be pretty big the moment he showed up. And the moment you run Mystico versus Andrade, Man, man, him and him and Mascara Dorada, man, him and Soberano Jr., man, like we're having ourselves a time. Uh, I hope it is him. It, I I will be shocked if it isn't him, based off of the video because it looked every movement, every little thing. I was like, oh okay, but I saw the legs and I was like, oh, it's Andrade. <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure it's not QT Marshall? No, he's in the bad <laughs> Lucha Libre company. <laughs> could, could can we can we talk about that for a second? We we have a pretty free show today. Like we can do whatever we want, right? Yeah. Has any like we've talked about companies losing stock this year? We you know we mocked Noah a little bit. Um, I don't think any companies lost more stock than AAA. Like no oh, one watches God. it. Not <laughs> a single soul watches their shows now. Dead in the ground, it feels like they're like I don't know. Last year, people were excited for triple manias, at least. This year, I didn't hear a peep. No, it, it fell off, it fell off fast and quick. I mean, I don't even know what they're doing. I mean, it doesn't help that CMLL all of a sudden is running, you know, fantastic shows all year. Um, I mean, according to this, the Triple A Gira del Titanes, they had a capacity of 8,000. I mean, that's capacity. I don't really know tickets sold there. That's just the capacity. Um, 
I'm no, just this, to... you answer my question. They're dead in the water. Done. Um, this is yeah. a company that employs the Vikingos of the world, the Pentas of the world, and so on and so forth. Fear, I fear not for long for Vikingo. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's rough. But Andrade and CMLL would rule. <laughs> yes, it would. Yes, I was it looking would. up. I was trying to look up. Uh, who did he lose his mask to? Um, do you do you know that trivia fact? Who did La Sombra lose his mask to? Was it Atlantis? It was Atlantis. I knew that. I don't know why. And now his that. and now his son is in the company. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um. You want to hear? You want to hear a hot take? Sure. I think a lot. I don't know if it's a hot take. I think Atlantis Junior is kind of bad now. <sighs> I disagree. I disagree. I haven't seen him have a good match in a very long time. A good match? Oh, I disagree. disagree. Well, name so, his last good match. I don't know. I'm behind on World Tag League. I can't I help you there. Okay. Well, yeah, those were okay, but he has Soberano Jr. with him. How dare you? How dare you? I, you um, know I'm right. You know I'm right. Anyways, we're moving on. Um, let's move on. to Sombra versus Volador Jr. Again, all these years later. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm just thinking of like possibilities. We, we continue. I do think Atlantis Jr. versus Andrade could be good. I think they have similar styles and they could do. I think really the story good. could be great. Yeah. They got story already built in. I think their match, their match, the wrestling styles can mesh very well together. Mm. Mm. And uh, that's, uh, you know, build that up for uh, what's the 70th anniversary? Where are they at? <laughs> 80th anniversary? 90th. They, they just had their 90th. 90th, yeah. Build that up for 91. Mm, I like it. Mm, Mass versus hair. Yeah. That'd be bold. That'd be a bold or you, do, or you could do Mass versus hair between him and Mystico, and I could be far happier. Well, we all know Andre's definitely losing that one. Good. That's the <laughs> point. <laughs> Stardom, Nagoya Big Winter. This was Stardom show last Saturday or yesterday, if you're listening to this. Uh, attendance, 952. That's kind of my liking um but that's fine it was uh kind of still a low. still low. Kind, of, kind of a top three uh you know match card here uh we sort of talked about in the preview that this may be sort of the reset wasn't quite the reset i would argue uh they're building towards the reset this is the road to the reset yeah uh, yeah i, I call it i called it the road to the new era and this isn't just a stardom thing i think this is a wrestling as a whole thing which i've had the realization I had the realization the past couple days of how while this year has had some of the best wrestling I have ever seen. Yeah. Um a lot of promotions have just had rough years. Like yeah. we, you know, when you and me have talked about promoter of the year and stuff like that, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. I think a lot of companies need to have a great end of the year to turn that into a great start. And 2024 yeah. overall it goes with stardom it goes with noah it even goes with new japan like new japan a great star of the year and boy oh boy did they fall off right yeah. um AEW, we've been talking about mm-hmm. and i think they're having a great end of the year right now but you and me talked about this one good dynamite and one good collision ain't gonna cut it buddy like I need a, I need these to go in weeks in a row this upcoming dynamite looks like we should get that then we have winters coming so baby steps. But I think that is a conversation to be had when we get to the year-end events and the yeah. year, in the beginning of the year events. 
these are big time shows for all these companies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be make or break for a lot of these companies. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know if a great show is necessarily going to turn Stardom's heater around for Gene. No, no. Twenty twenty three is no. We're not turning twenty twenty three. They are but trying it, to start twenty twenty four. Exactly. Exactly. That was my ultimate. Thought. I don't think any. Th- I'll also say this. I don't think any company is turning around with these year-end events. It's all about creating a big start to 2024 because you want a stronger year in the new year. That's the most important thing. Everyone should be going all out for 2024. They should be going, like, you want to be the top company again. That goes for New Japan, who I think is going to have an interesting reset at the beginning of the year next year Mm -hmm. based off the car that they have. Mm-hmm. That's going to go for AEW with World's End. Mm-hmm. That could be a complete reset to, due to MJF being hurt. Yep. Um, and and Stardom the same. Stardom's going to be crowning a new world champion. That's where the start of the new era, this new reset happens. Like you need a world champion to lead the way. And you felt that, I think, on this show. Yep. They don't have a world champion. And they haven't had a world champion for months now. No, they have not. Uh, you know, stardom's running low when uh, there's only like two people catching diving wrestlers uh, on the outside. You know, you know it's real low. Uh, you know it's real dire back there. Uh, so I only watched the top three. Uh, was there anything else interesting or of, uh, of note in the uh, top, the rest of the show, the other seven matches or whatever I'm looking at? Um, six matches. Yeah, let me let me go through this quickly. The way I would go through it on my usual shows um sayori i know looks very good in her match again um she's had a good year she's had one of the brighter years this year um obviously we know why now but they they built her strong uh may sarah did it like the high speed title match um she's still waiting for a great defense and I don't really blame her because she's been the she's been one of the true MVPs of Stardom's rocky year. Um, her and Tekla had a good match. And I will say this for all the matches on this show for the most part. Very short endings. I think they I don't know this for sure. It felt like they had a hard out at the venue or something. Mm-hmm. Because some of the matches just felt like they were ending early, and this was one of them. Of the of the um, bottom six matches that we're talking about here, not a single match went over ten minutes. Yeah, no, on, everything on, felt like it was a hard out. At yeah, the end of on the night. average, maybe seven minutes, seven thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was watching, I was like, they must like, because that's a thing that happens. Obviously, the hard out. So, um, my that was my guess because I was like, why is every match ending in like so quickly and just happening? Yeah. Um. But yeah, outside of that, it's really you got to get to the title matches, and that's where. Oh, um, actually, sorry, that's not true. Um, a way to tie, uh, they would be God's Eye after that match. They already know challenge Mirai for the Wonder of Stardom title. That is a rematch from Gold Rush where they went to 30 minute draw. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is the original plan, but the original plan could be hurt. Maybe a sure. Nasapoy, for example. Um, that's kind of the way I look at. There's a good yeah. chance the original play yeah. is hurt just because ta- everyone's hurt. I was talking to um Alex about that, and the realization that it could have very well been Natsupoi mm-hmm. is real. 
Um, and and she while she did finally talk this week that she's you know she's recovering well and stuff like that. Um, Sayori and her were probably going to be tagging at this show, and then one of them maybe going on to the world the Wonder Storm title match. Um, yeah. So that's unfortunate. However, out of all the possibilities for that Wonder Storm title match, this is still the best one of like the people that made sense for Mirai. And I yeah. think they can have a lot better match now that they're probably not going to be going to a 30 minute time limit like they did the last time. So I'm more receptive to that rematch than some other people are. Uh, but yeah, we can get in the last three matches now. Uh, the other thing, I guess, of note would just be that uh, there was that MMA fight rules. Nanai Takahashi defeats the Scandinavian Hurricane, Alyssa Inc. Uh, and then I believe it was today, I yeah, want to say? She, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where uh, she officially, Scandinavian Hurricane officially joined God's Eye. Uh, yeah, which is good. Um, so a little thing of note, I guess. She's um, Alice Inc. is more of like a shoot style wrestler. Yeah. Uh, she it's been a weird combo for her against like certain wrestlers because she's trying to wrestle that shoot style and that's just not what they do. But in God's eye, I think that you can get the best out of her. So good yeah. addition. Not a shock. She's teaming with them in every single match this week. So it was just mm-hmm. like a formality. But I like that they're bringing in these international talents and putting them in factions. The only one that they haven't is Megan Bain. Yeah. Uh, Which, you know. I guess we'll talk about. Uh, th- th- I guess the ultimate question is: Will uh, Alice Inc. be getting that uh, coveted Bloodsport invitation? Moving on, uh, New Japan Strong Women's Title Match: Julia defeats Azume, twelve minutes and fifty-six seconds. Uh, what did you think about this match? And then Bobby Petito, uh, Petito uh, has a question in the YouTube chat: uh, Who do you guys like to see to be the next challenger for Julia uh, following her uh, win over Azume? Um, I think this was comfortably Julia's best strong woman's title defense. And it's not very close. I've seen them all. Most of them have been underwhelming. Julia has kind of uh, she's been a little bit more shut down the past mm-hmm. couple months. I wonder uh, why. <laughs> this was the first time that I feel like she was closer to full capacity. And I don't think she had a choice because I watched how Ozmi wrestled in this match. I was like, well, you got to keep up. You can't yeah. be on. You can't be at half speed. Um, there was a I, couple I, moments when this match where it was a little half speed on Julia's yeah. end. And I was like, yeah. ah, come on. You could have had Yeah, that. she had to slow down a little. I think she just got tired, truthfully. Uh, okay. Which I watched the speed that they started with. I was like, you know, you know it makes sense. Um, I thought it was really, really good. I thought Ozmi was an absolute star in this match. Mm-hmm. She, she has reached the level now where you need to start pushing her. Because yeah. I just think she's so good. And she's fa- she started to find her complete game. Mm-hmm. And after watching this match, this is the biggest singles match of her career. Not the biggest yeah. match because she had the Mercedes Monet match, obviously, but the biggest singles match of her career. And she was the star of the match. So yeah. I'm hopeful, like 2024, part of the reasons that they are going back up in excitement is because Azumi's getting a better push. Um, I would love to see her win the Cinderella, for example. I think yeah. she'd be a perfect choice to win that at this stage. 21 years old, ready to go. She had a great showing here. And and Good time this was the loudest the crowd got all night when Azami almost won. Mm-hmm. So use that. That's momentum. Mm-hmm. I think Cinderella is a great call. Use that to build up right to the wonder. Yeah. Uh, that oh, really she, she should win. 
Yeah. Like, I can't stress enough. She should win that title eventually. Even if she fails first try, at least you put her in that conversation. Yeah, and and you kind of have to start putting her up there. I mean, she's obviously graduated high speed uh, at this point. So you I think she's better than that. Starlight Kid. And Starlight Kid's been in that conversation for what? Well, in ring, in <laughs> ring, in ring. I think she's better than Starlight Kid. You yeah, know, I, I think like Starlight Kid was ahead of her probably in like doing character stuff and stuff like that. Sure. But now they're on even footing. If not, Azumi's had such a better year than Starlight Kid that she's probably ahead of her again. That, yeah. That's what they do though. They trade each other. They trade years off with each other. They're um, I like rivals. I w- yes, I would like next year to be the year that they're both pushed up the top of the card because mm-hmm. again we have suzuki about to be in the main event of the second biggest show of the year mm-hmm. those two should be following in 2024 yeah um who do you think uh like bobby Bedito ask i mean who do you think could be uh julia's next challenger Which um, I assume will be dream queendom yeah i would guess dream queendom they have three pay-per-views um that from Dream Queendom, then they have the Yokohama Budokan, then they have the uh, January 4th show. And New um, Japan doesn't have a stateside show until the new year, right? No, Battle in the Valley will probably be Julian Trishadora. Yeah. I think they set that up. Um, yeah, January 13th is that. Few options I would toss out based off of like current placement for this upcoming little run here. Of people who I know aren't busy, um, I think Hazuki would obviously be a great one. I think uh, Megan Bain is interesting because they had a really good draw on a house show recently. Yeah. Um, and she's and that was like, not doing anything. No, no. And I think she's going to be there still. I don't think she's going back until maybe the new year now. Um, okay. So I think that would be a good one. I think julia and megan bain would be really solid and it would be a good usage of that title because that's kind of what the purpose of that title is right the international yeah um, feature i think that would be a good one and then my other shout um you could do alice inc as well just to keep up with the international yeah. idea or shuri yeah yeah just for toss sure. julia and shuri on there again but this time for i don't think they'll do that i don't think no. they would ever give that match away for this belt that is a nuisance to me in this company but you know i think shuri has nothing right now in my like i can't project what she's going to be doing so that could be the january 4th yeah you wouldn't have to assume that they're doing a match for the january 4th show uh yeah yeah that's probably gonna be the second title match right with the iwgp main event thing though i think shuri could also be the one facing mayu for that so Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. that's true we have a lot of question marks still but uh maybe maybe then maybe it could be Julia losing the title to someone during Queendom and then Julia challenging Mayu. At, they at, could do Mina too. Mina yeah, I was going to say, Mina. there's that mini tournament, right? So yeah. who, it could be someone who gets second place in the mini tournament. The mini tournament already happened. I'm, I'm not paying attention. It happened <laughs> at the Cork, in which one was one of their better shows, two mm-hmm. had their best attendance in a little bit, and three, Michael won. Yes, I knew that. What did I know? What was that tournament? That uh, was uh, Tuesday. Uh, yeah, it was. It was one of their. It was a great show. Uh, well, Momo got second. You know, do you think yeah. Momo it could be Momo? A... Well, actually, no. Momo's facing uh, facing for the tag title, so it can't be Momo. Okay, then yeah. So yeah, and it's probably going to be uh, either a returning injured person or I think Megan Bain's a solid pick. 
honestly. Yeah, I think she makes sense. I think Megan I mean, Baines... She got pinned in the tag title match, but otherwise she's not lost, so... Yeah, but you can always, you know, take the pin there and then challenge and then lose yeah, again. Yeah, that's yeah, that's um, or I like the I like the idea of Megan Bain winning the title off. She of could win because she's obviously going back to the U.S. eventually. I wouldn't yeah. mind. I actually wouldn't mind that just because one, the title would be gone from Stardom, and I'd be happy. Mm-hmm. And two, that's it. That's the only. <laughs> that's the main reason I'd be happy. I want this title gone. I can't. The downside. The downside to that is then your Battle in the Valley match might be Megan Bain versus Trisha Dora, which is like a, yeah. a, a Beyond Wrestling special. Julia's uh, on the poster, so I could put money on Julia being there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it could be a tag. I don't know. Um, yeah, you know, we'll see. I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah, I thought the match was pretty good. I like I said, there was a little slow, slow stuff that I was like, ah, th- those uh back to back Canadian destroyers. I was like, ooh, can we get more of a rotation on these next time? Yeah, it was like <laughs> just landing on your back, Azume. Um, like a real. She has some great ones. I think. I know. Again, I think it came. I think Julia again was just exhausted. I agree. Goddess is a stardom title match here. Aphrodite uh, has officially returned and won the titles. Saya Kamatani and Utami Hayashishida defeat the Micah and Megan Bain to win the vacant tag titles. Really good story match here. If you have you have to follow like the Divine Kingdom run, uh, but their only loss has been via countout once in the tag league. Otherwise, they've been dominant. Otherwise, they've barely. Otherwise, they just you know they haven't lost at all. And this match was about one team being a you know team that knows themselves and knows each other well, which is Sai and Utami, and the other being kind of this makeshift powerhouse team that have been riding a wave of momentum. And while I do think that like if 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 Sai and Utami had been around for like a month rather than a week this would be like one of the best tag matches in stardom's year mm-hmm. um it, they did a really good job of getting to the result here utami took a ton of punishment um she got she like did a full flip on like um, a mega bane like jumping clothesline yeah and i was like what are you doing <laughs> I, was like, I was like you just came back like please don't yeah. Um Sai was great in this. She made like a million saves. That was like kind of her role. Mm-hmm. And also, at one point in the match, like Megan Bay was just like standing on the outside. Sai just took her out with a cross body. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, I've desperately missed these two. Stardom has desperately missed these two. The the vibes with these two back are so much higher. And yep. I they needed they were the two that needed to come back more than anyone else. I think Mayu's out right now. Like if Mayu, if the if the January fourth show was now, Mayu would be wrestling in it because it's yeah. just a dislocated finger. They tape it up or whatever, but they don't need to, so they're just letting her heal. Yeah, these two needed to come back. Yeah, and it's just such a better feeling with these two back. I've I, you don't realize how much you miss someone until they're gone. Mm-hmm. I miss Saya Kamatani in this company so badly. She was like what? She was like my uh, women's wrestler of the year last yeah. year. Yeah, she's incredible. She's just like she was mine too. It was her and Shuri, probably. Yeah. Um, she's just incredible, and she she did a lot of the actual moves in this match, which I'm happy with because she was out longer. Don't make her take as much punishment. Yep. Um, and yeah, I'm happy that uh, they're champions. They should go on a great run 
hopefully the more they build up now because again they've they've been back for a week so i'm excited yeah i'm trying to think of who where sayakamitani is i mean probably real low now yeah not high uh, she had some good matches, obviously, um, early in the year, but he's a uh, 131st uh, my rankings. Yeah, well, She's tied with Robbie X and Adam Copeland. That's disgusting. <laughs> uh, what, a, what a lineup! What a lineup! She's in. <laughs> uh, Who's my women's rest of the year right now? Uh, Hazuki. Interesting. How about that? Uh, Natsuko Tora and Momo Watanabe challenged after this, so they're following the great story of the cage match earlier yep. this year, mm-hmm. um, which I'm all for. Um, I think the best the best chemistry that Tora specifically has is with Utami. Mm-hmm. Um, so that should actually be a really good tag match. I like the story. I like them building on story here. Very, very cool with me. And then uh, the main event was World of Stardom Championship Certificate match. Yep, Suzu uh, Suzuki defeating defeating Hazuki. Um, yes, say that ten times fast. Um, Suzuki Hazuki. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought not a shock mm, whatsoever. Obviously, no, 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 no. I, that's why I was a little shocked they got the main event just because like everyone knew who was winning. But, yeah, I would, uh, I would maybe put the goddesses of stardom title. Yeah, I would have main event, but I know what they wanted. They wanted the face off at the end of the show, so I get yeah. it. Uh, the fact is that one Hazuki's great. And should have more main events, but we've been we've been saying this. Uh, <laughs> I don't need to keep saying it. And two, Suzuki's also great, mm-hmm. and I'm very happy that she's getting the World Star title match um, at the end of the year. She's supposed to be world champion right now, and I'm not gonna keep. I'm gonna keep saying that until people understand. Like this probably was a title defense that got scrapped. Probably, yeah. But her and Micah, Suzu Suzuki and Micah, year-end show, brand mm-hmm. new World of Stardom champion. That's mm-hmm. exciting. That's something new. That's something to build on for the new year. Yeah, I'm very intrigued by you know this match itself, Suzuki and Suzu Suzuki. It was fine, just but it obviously had no uh, stakes really because uh, we all knew what was happening. Suzu Suzuki and Micah, I'm very intrigued about. They had a very good uh, uh, five-star final. Yes, I was gonna say year end climax. I was like, what is that? That's nothing. Uh, they have that. Show. Uh, they uh, have year end climax. Yeah, I was about to say that's something else. Uh, uh, they had a very great five star final. Uh, and I think them continuing that momentum into the new year, especially for the world title. Um, I, I mean, Micah, I, you, I've liked Micah for a very long time. I've been high on Micah for a very long time. I call her the Puro fans favorite joshi wrestler that's completely fair um and she you know she has those moments where she sort of you know limp you know goes underwater like a crocodile for a little bit and hangs out when she pops back up it's like yeah baby let's go um and i think she'll pop up here easily for uh dream queendom and suzu suzuki uh yeah big time spot for the young suzu suzuki uh will she be able to handle it will she be able to nail it what's that she's the future of this company they were gonna give her the world title at 21 years old a hundred percent. I think she's gonna nail it. I think she's still, a very good shot. Probably at do. To be fair, I should say, still probably give her the world title. But Micah is the most over person in the company right now. So I was gonna say, what do you think the percent chance of Micah winning the title is? I give her forty right now, which is pretty high, seeing yeah. that she's not supposed to be champion right now, and someone else is. So yeah, that could be uh, that could be an interesting story of Suzuki not winning the title for sure. And something to build back up. Um, mm-hmm. 
either way, I think it's going to be great. I like the top three matches so far. They still have a lot to fill in. They have a lot of wrestlers that are still out, and I'm yeah. sure they'll be part of filling um, in the rest of the card. But uh, like I said, that Dream Queendom show, it is a very important show for them, and it helps that, again, you start a new era by crowning a new world champion, and you go from there. Um I'm hopeful for them. I'm hopeful for the show. I'm hopeful for where they're going. Yeah. And uh, with less shows, <laughs> less shows next year, one pay-per-view per month, not just this ridiculous schedule that they've had this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like a pay-per-view schedule that we can actually follow. That makes sense. Yep. Um, I'm excited. I'm very excited for what the new uh, president is trying to bring. And it seems like he's just trying to make the wrestlers happy which if the wrestlers are happy, they're the reason this company had any life this year yeah. um, because uh, there's plenty going on elsewhere as we've mm-hmm. learned. So mm-hmm. uh, that, that goes for a lot of uh, Japanese companies. Like I said, though, like it's, it's got the talent have been incredible and the booking have, you know, not. Yeah. It, it's something that really needs to turn this company. Shout away. out new Japan, by the way, speaking of booking, <laughs> You see, I'm uh, not even gonna talk about that. That's not even worth it. <laughs> you, see, you see the World Tag League uh, result today? I saw that the two guys that should be winning it were eliminated. Yes, I did see that. Mm-hmm. Yoda, Su- Yoda Suji, Ren and Shoto Uno, all with nothing to do at Wrestle Kingdom. I'll, I'll also throw in Kaito and Oiwa. <laughs> Well, at least Kaito doesn't work for the company. <laughs> yeah, now, he to, now he has to waltz back to the semi-main event world champion and, uh, and uh, plead for his life again. I saw that um, the dra- so, uh, one of the Dragon Gate guys challenged Kaito. Good, cool. For to Fine. a tag title match, which right. means that Oila is probably going to go with him. And I was like, that's sick. Their ta- their tag champions are good. It's uh, Yoshioka and Dragon Daya. So. That would actually be really good. I want more Kaito matches. That's where I've ended up this year. It's like Kaito had this amazing start to the year, and then they were like, ha, hope you enjoyed it. Oh, okay, appreciate it. Yeah. I like. I liked, uh, I don't necessarily agree, but I love the commentary of being like the Kaito-Gabe Kid feud is a hotter, more violent feud than the Okada feud. And I, was like, I don't know about that one. The Okada yeah, one was pretty rough, pretty uh, nasty. I don't think people remember how that was. Like that was, yeah, that was like that was like New Year. We're like, oh my god, that, that was like the best thing going for yeah. the first half of the year. That week was yeah. remember that week where everyone was like watching that GIF of uh oh yeah, him kicking Okada in the head and Okada going berserk. Yeah, that was that was the best thing that week. Anyone that says so Gabe Kid and Kaito even is close, that is just wrong <laughs> uh well we got 30 minutes left on the show here and we wanted to talk about hey you did good you said an hour and 30 you nailed that an hour 30 i told you i nailed it i think you I'm meant one... to do that but that's no fine. and we also have 30 minutes exactly for your heart out so uh i'm nailing it over here year-end awards obviously the wrestling observer year-end well, actually no i'm gonna do a plug first can i do a plug first real quickly of course we do a plug it's our show i want to plug the patreon patreon.com forward slash count pod uh, I put out a new episode of the Great Birthday Bash this week. I don't um, think you're doing a full out plug. Okay, continue. I told you I was going to do a plug. Uh, it was me and Lauren Rosenberg for the from the Your Dose of Death podcast. It was uh, titled The Great Birthday Bash: Extreme Violence. It's the show where 
Uh, I bring on the guest. We talk about matches that have happened, matches or wrestlers or something that have the uh, uh, same date as uh, the guest's birthday. So Lawrence was, I believe, June 11th. So we talked about any matches that happened happen on that day. We talked about ECW one night. My birthday. Well, I'll get I'll get to yours. Do I have Do I have a list of matches for your birthday written out yet? Probably uh, not. You probably don't. I was probably like last on your. I no, I do not. Show. I, I, I yeah, I do a show with you all the time, so I don't, I don't have anything. Else. I knew it. But I do have it I do have spoke. your I do have your the Wrestling Observer uh, uh, birthday uh, day in history thing written up. Um, ooh, we can do we can do. <laughs> Koloff defeating Bruno San Martino. I'm gonna have you no, throw I'm good. Uh, I'm good, 1971 fam. wrestling at you. Um, uh, but yeah, anyways, the great birthday bash. We talked about ECW one night stand. We talked about Samoa Joe versus the Necro Butcher. We talked about um, a, uh, a, a CZW tournament of death match, of course, because he is the host of Your Dose of Death. Uh, this is our third episode of Great Birthday Bash. Uh, I have plans to do some interesting stuff for the Patreon next year. I don't want to reveal them yet because I'm still working on them. Um, but if you're interested, we have a bunch of stuff on the Patreon with Great Birthday Bash. We have uh, our, our show that we watched stuff on. Uh, Ryan hasn't seen anything. Um, and we have a bunch of uh, uh, Okada Shorts has, of course, their uh, their pre-show sort of conversation. It's always a fun conversation between Curtis and Raph. Um, so if you're interested in listening to the Patreon, of course, patreon.com forward slash count at pod. Um, if you're only listening to ring post radio, if you're only listening to any of our podcasts, you're only getting you half made the, the right choice. Oh, no, no, come on. Don't ruin my plug. <laughs> uh, anyway, if you're only listening to ring post ready. You made the right choice. Just saying. Damn. Uh, wrestling observer year end. You should work. make more choices with count. Make more. Well, it's, it's an easy choice to make. Just listen to the count. Get network. the get the Caro Patreon for your significant other for Christmas. You can actually get it for uh, a free seven day trial, if I'm not mistaken. We start we launched that like a name month. a better Christmas gift than that. Yeah, the first seven days for free, so you can come in, welcome, listen to some. You can probably listen to all the audio, honestly, in seven days. Uh, don't uh, don't do that. Uh, give us some money, but uh, uh, you can probably listen to everything in the first seven. Hell days. of a way to sell it. You can probably <laughs> use that seven days and then cancel pretty easily. I think it's plausible. I think if you had a free moment of uh, the seven days, moment, <laughs> free, the free moment of a week. I think um, we we consider moments a lot different. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Year end awards. Let's talk about the Wrestling Observer Year end awards. Uh, yeah. The voting hasn't started, I don't think yet. Uh, but obviously, no. wrestling was over. You know What's that? Do you know why? No, because the year's not over. What? Uh, I know, I know. A lot of us like to talk about year end awards as if all these big matches aren't happening that last month, uh, last mm-hmm. week of the year, but that's fine. This is, of course, not necessarily a conversation for the count out year end awards that we'll do late, we'll do in the new year, honestly, because that's because the year's not over. Wait, yeah. Now announce the nomination but uh we're just gonna have a little bit of conversation we wanted even it's a long-standing conversation we wanted to have about sort of just um our thoughts on sort of ideas this isn't us putting up who we think is going to win this isn't us necessarily this is sort of us going through and naming some nominations if anything so it's what it's what dave and brian do except 
we're Brian doing never wants to give any options. <laughs> we're, it's, like, it's like what Bra- Dave and Brian do, except we watch everything ex- uh, and make sure that YouTube TV doesn't cut us off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, anyways. Uh, he's been dealing with that all week. I, I saw know. on Twitter. Uh, so year-end awards. Uh, we're not only going to talk about some of the category A stuff. I think the only, we're not going to talk about the MMA stuff either. So we're going to talk about the Fez <laughs> Flair Award, Most Outstanding Wrestler, Tag Team of the Year, Promotion of the Year, Best on Interviews, which is essentially promos, Best Weekly Television, and Match of the Year. So did you hear B Award? But did you hear who he said for American MVP? Uh, no, I did not. He said Cody Rhodes. Dave said. Hmm. Draw of the company. I think that's a fair argument. Draw of the hottest company. Yeah. I think it's not and it's interesting because he's not he's saying draw of the company and not Roman. Well well that that was the thing. He said Roman deserves some consideration, but he wasn't around enough. Cody was there week in and week out, every house show. He moved tickets for every show, essentially. And I was like, man, that's crazy to think about. Let's build off of that. Let's build off of yeah. that. Fez Flair Award. Cody? Is that wrestler of the year? Uh, that is best overall. So okay, money so drawing, yeah, in-ring yeah, yeah. work, promos, everything. Yeah, because there's most outstanding too, right? Yeah, most outstanding is just strictly in-ring. in-ring. Um, I think the, the, the wrestler of the year here, like I think a lot of us just think in-ring because that's how a lot of us just watch yeah. wrestling now. I have, but a whole, on a, I have a whole sheet that is just in-ring performances. Right, right, right. But I think a lot of those people at that top deserve credit, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, I, I think Osprey will get respect this time around in that, right? Like, I agree. I think he should. He has the stories in the matches that he's had, right, with Omega alone. Mm-hmm. Um, the show to Umino match, obviously, which that was a great storytelling match. Um, and then he Plus, has all the in ring. He has all the in ring, obviously. I was gonna say he's also uh, some of the best matches and a draw for a lot of other different companies. Yes. Uh, yeah. For Impact, Rev Pro, for Noah, mm-hmm. you know, he's he has a yeah. lot of great matches, or also the biggest draw of the year, or something like that. Yeah, AEW, New Japan, like he has been a draw of sorts or on the biggest shows mm-hmm. for every company that we just named. Yeah, you know? so I definitely think he that gives him a lot of love. I think it's best to like kind of look at the best of each company. Yeah, right. And I think I this agree. comes this will come down to AEW, WWE, and New Japan. Obviously, this is the observer voters. Um, so, so New Japan, so Osprey for New Japan. I think that makes more sure. sense uh, over Okada. Probably, yeah. Okada. Yeah, because Okada had a bad second half, not a bad second half, but an uneventful second half. Mm-hmm. If if his first half carried to the second half, I think Okada would comfortably be in this conversation because mm-hmm. he had incredible stories this year. His second uh, half wasn't bad. The trio's title run isn't bad. I love that sure, trio's sure. title run. It's oh, I agree. It's quieter. It's just quieter. Yeah, it's not. He's not at the front, um, mm-hmm. like you know, Osprey has been. Um, if you had to pick someone from WWE, I think I think Cody honestly is a great point. Yeah. I mean, Roman has only been around for seven matches. Uh, there is that house show conversation of whether or not he's properly drawing on house shows on those four matches and house shows. Cody wrestled. I saw a stat that WWE put out. He's wrestled 99 matches this year. Yeah. Uh, he is the workhorse of WWE. Of uh, the U S like for major companies. 
Yeah, for for yeah, I mean for WWE, the major company in the world, like that's he's wrestling the most. He's drawing probably per per event. He's wrestling he has the, most the most t-shirt sales. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's or great on he's promos. Been top five. He's great on promos. He had the great, you know, beginning of the year story, and he's you know, he's pieced it together since then. Uh, but he has a continued success everywhere else so it's like doesn't matter he had the war game stuff and i and and dave made this point when talking about cody he's been a featured act on pretty much every pay-per-view yeah yeah right whether it was with lesnar or um what do you do do with SummerSlam? uh well lesnar it was lesnar it was lesnar um and then he had the war game stuff so and the roman stuff obviously and the roman stuff so it's, it's hard to Go again. It's hard to pick anyone but Cody, and he's leading the hottest company in the world. So I think he deserves that respect 100%. AEW, if you had to pick someone from uh, best overall in AEW, I was thinking maybe, maybe Moxley. He has a great start of the year with Paige. Yeah. And then he sort of, it's sort of dying down a little bit because he gets injured at some yeah. point. Um, yeah, for sure. Post blood and guts, but he comes back and he's still doing great. He's obviously still great on promos. He's still yeah. a great in ring worker. The problem is with any AEW person is that like AEW this year has certainly felt colder. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at like draw, it is harder to say. Like I don't think MJF yeah. is should be. Should be. He's going to get votes. Yeah. He's going to get votes because he's, he's not going to get my votes. <laughs> no, he's not going to get my vote either. But he's been at the top the entire year he has been uh, the world champion the entire year he has been in the most stories the entire year he did he has had some great matches and stuff like that um i'd say divisive on promos for sure and i think his second half of the year pretty much post all in especially yeah has been so rough that i don't think he's gonna get as many votes so i i don't I wouldn't vote for him for AEW. No. Um, I think Mox is like probably the only option, truthfully. Um, Danielson, maybe? Is he in it, If Danielson didn't miss so much time easily yeah. because he's got the in ring, I was going to bring this up um, with the most outstanding. He's the only person, and this is based off consistency, mm-hmm. that I could see probably challenge Osprey in any way in the awards this year. Um, because, like, I know for me, a lot of Danielson's matches rank very highly. Like, if we were to take a, a, a cumulative like score mm-hmm. for me, which I don't have, I should do that next year. Um, actually, no, because I'll, I'll watch like a scrub match for people and I'll absolutely take it. Anyways, he's he's just like he say he's I don't know how many matches he wrestled off the top. Twenty one, twenty one out of twenty one, probably two thirds of those have been great. I'm looking through his cage match right here. Uh, Danielson. Uh, I mean, Danielson Roosh. We still talk about it. Um, yeah. I loved that run that he had at the beginning of the year with all those big matches. Yeah. Tony Nese. See the tag match with against Top Flight. I remember that being good. Uh, Danielson Takeshita, Bandito, Cage, Timothy Thatcher, Roosh. That was all yeah. that those big matches right there. I remember, I remember the Bandito one fondly. Mm-hmm. There's the 60-minute Ironman match against MJF. Of course. There's the Anarchy in the Arena. Which will get match of the year votes. I think so. Uh, Anarchy in the Arena. Then there's yep. Forbidden Door against Okada. 
Yeah. Then there's the all out no DQ strap match, which which was incredible. <laughs> I, I might be my favorite Danielson match of the year. Yeah, I, I I'm kind of like that more than the MJF Iron Man match. I remember I was lower. I like that people, more, but that no DQ. I, like I came in with not really many expectations, and it ruled. It was unreal. Yeah. They had uh, a good um Texas Death match. Yeah. Then they had the, a tag match the following on Collision, and then they had the Texas Death. And then he did some tag matches. Another yeah, he had tag the saber match. match. He did the saber match, which was at Wrestle Dream. Fantastic. He had a co- match against Kyle Fletcher on Collision. He had a That's match good. against Swerve. Uh, uh, really for, good. I which was think. good. Uh, then the match following the following Saturday against Christian Cage, Andrade. Uh, then a tag match against Kazuchika Okada and Orange Cassidy out of nowhere on that Philly show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this Eddie Kingston match. Yeah, I, he's been great. If he was healthy more, I think he would uh, definitely. I mean, get more twenty-one matches for someone that was unhealthy a lot of the year—that's yeah. pretty. I, he would probably be my choice just based off of his stories too. But um, I think Moxley's a safer pick because he's been around for the majority of the year. I mean, I can here five Danielson matches that I think all can easily give him Roosh. MJF, Okada, Saber, and Starks. Yeah. That's five. And you want yeah. to throw on a six one? I'm hearing, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm hearing Eddie Kingston. Yeah. I you know, if you want to add seventh one from my memory, I'd add Bandito. If you want to add an eighth one, the other Starks match. Yeah. Uh, a ninth one, if you really part. want to stretch it out, Anarchy in the Arena was always fun. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, like this guy's got f- at least five great matches uh this year and he's probably the most over in the company consistently yeah him and mox him and mox for sure i mean mox i'm trying to remember uh, i'm trying to remember mox year i wish i could give kenny more credit because he's had a fantastic in-ring year uh but man dude they just they did not book him right most of the year moxley 56 matches this year not all of them in AEW, of course um, but uh, some pretty interesting ones. Um, the Continental Gosselet Classics. He had the Mox, uh, the Orange Cassidy match, the first one especially. Um, I'm just looking through his list here, and there isn't really a lot I'm seeing that really the Hangman stuff, really. Yeah, there isn't really a lot that really sticks out. There was an anything goes three way match against Pentagon and Trent Beretta that was pretty good. I remember that being pretty he was good. just consistent. Yeah, right? like, I I don't I, don't I think well that. again this is an outstanding wrestler. This is valuable, and he has the promos right. He has yeah. the stories. He has he has all that. But I think so Danielson I, is as good as promos as as Moxley, and I, I think Danielson's better. I think Danielson has a better in-ring work. If we could, if work, if anyone's giving Roman consideration, I can give Danielson consideration. Damn. I think that's, I think it's completely true. I think it's, and I think Danielson's been great. So, so if we're saying, let's say Cody Danielson Osprey Fez Flair. I think that's a fun little trio. <laughs> that's a fun wild trio. Right uh, most and truly, who should win? It depends how you. It depends what you favor the most. Yeah, truthfully. If you favor entering the most, I know who's winning. But if you favor business, you favor WWE being the leading company, yeah. then there's that. Yeah. Uh, most outstanding in ring work. I mean, is there anyone else other than 
Osprey. He just pulled a Brian. He was, he, <laughs> the, when they were talking about that, he was just like, "I'm not not naming anyone else. <laughs> I'm not doing it." Um, I will because because I'll be the I'll be the Meltzer of the conversation here. Sure. Uh, I think I think Osprey obviously you know leads the way for most people and will walk away with the award. I'm not really yeah. worried about that. Um, but I think Okada deserves some love. I think Kento Miyahara has been fantastic this year. If you yeah. want to give a little All Japan shout out, you know, All Japan's had a phenomenal year. He's been at the forefront of that. Yuma um, Aoyagi has also been really good yes. this year. Mm-hmm. Yes, he has. Danielson and Omega, they've yep. had great, despite the uh, injuries for one and the struggles of uh, health for another. I think they both deserve credit as well i mean yeah like we just said i just went through brian danielson's so i was like i can easily name five great matches danielson would probably come in second yeah truthfully just because his it, if he had the full year right no injuries yeah. there's a very good chance he'd be number one yeah i think I, and the problem is is that will osprey has been had like the best match in like every promotion this year and he's mostly injuries. stayed healthy outside of that little period mm-hmm. where he got hurt which Who's your Daniel's got hurt so many times? Who's your uh top five wrestlers according to your um, match? Osprey Okada, Moxley, Miyahara, and Omega, but Danielson's right behind Omega and will be ahead of him very soon. Yeah. Like, I could just tell you now he will be ahead of him when the Continental Classic's over. Yeah. I, very I confident have, in that. <laughs> I have Osprey, Danielson, Omega, Okada, Moxley. Um, so that, that's almost exactly the same. I just Pretty have much. Kento mixed in. I've watched I'm a weird. lot of Kento this year. I, I'm I'm behind on uh, All Japan, so I got to watch a lot more. Of Kento. I've watched so much Kento this year. Where is Kento? He is 15 on my list. I have Yuma Yoagi at 10. I've watched 54 Kento Miyahara this, matches this year. I've watched more Kento matches than I have Osprey, Okada, Omega, and Danielson. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. I think I've only watched 52. Oh no, I watched 12 Kento Miyahara matches. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, I'm like I said, I'm super behind, and I don't watch. Hey, all, next I'm, next year you're in Dodge fan, baby. I have baby. no choice. Yeah, baby. I'm, I I'm I believe I'm fully caught up on New Japan now, uh, and then I'm gonna w- catch up. I I started catching up a little bit on like uh Puro Joshi stuff, and I think I'm gonna spend the next week, assuming no more migraine, spend the next week trying to catch up on all that stuff. Next year um, you're gonna have to respect Kento more. Oh, still 15th though despite what you say 12 matches <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. it's pretty good it's pretty good uh tag team i yeah i just i said like i said i just watched their one night dream match like last week oh right right right, right. right. <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> uh tag team of the year this one is tough i this is probably the most open i think yeah i think it's incredibly open i think tag team wrestling this year has c- almost been at the back burner very but I also don't know, like, does the Observer consider, like, trios as tag teams as well? Right. Um, I'm about to get freaky with some of the people I throw out here. All right. Get get freaky with it. All right. Let's get freaky. I'm going to name someone from, like, all the companies that I've tried to follow tag team wrestling-wise. Big Japan Pro <laughs> Wrestling. <laughs> the Astronauts, Takuya yeah, Nomura and Fuminori Abe. I've heard good things from them. They've been phenomenal this year. Uh, Yuma Aoyagi and Keto Miyahara. Yep. If they, if they, and maybe Tag League helps them, uh, but if they tagged as much as any other of the top teams that people would consider, yeah, 
I think they'd walk away with it. That is that is actually a team Meltzer did name, which I was shocked. I was yeah. like, my heavens, I'm stunned. <laughs> my um, heavens. <laughs> um, I think looking elsewhere in Japan, Noah. I don't know. Noah's got no Alpha one. Wolf and Dragon Bane. <laughs> They're pretty sick, but no. Um, I don't think they have anyone. I don't think New Japan has Bishamon actually deserves respect. They've yeah. they had a solid year. You know, that that's what they do. They don't have a standout, but they have a solid, strong year. If if you are going with someone that's just consistent, it might be them. Aussie uh, Open had a solid first half of the year, but yeah. If yeah. trios count, then it's Okada, Tanahashi, and Ishii. In I was just about to say. I was company. just about to say that. Um, the only stardom team I put is Suzuki Maysera, and that's because I watched their um, house shows, and they've been really good. Um, and they're like the MVPs of the company because yeah. of that. Uh, I'm trying to name. I think that's it for Japan that I could think of. Yeah. Um, I, I named Big Japan. That has to be it. Yeah. Uh, um, in the right. States... In the states, I mean, WWE is probably like what? I don't know. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, probably. Judgment Day. No, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. They had, they had a good year. Well, they had a good Owens Zayn Judgment Day match. Yeah, uh, randomly a couple a couple months ago. Yeah, so I'd probably go with them. AEW. I don't know. Uh, young Young Bucks, FTR. I don't, like, not, so, I really don't consider them, but they're probably the best this year. I think the FT- I, I, I've seen some people say FTR is the favorite. I was like, I don't know about that. Name, what's the best FTR match this year? Blackpool Combat and Blackpool Combat Club. Nope, not true. Uh, Bullet Club Gold. I was just about to say, probably Bullet Club Gold. Beyond that... Name a non-Bullet Club Gold match. <laughs> Yankaroons. Um, looking at the match guide. The Bucks match at all in was pretty good. I'm looking at the match guide. They got the Bullet Club Gold match. They got the Young Bucks match. Adam Cole and MJF versus FTR. And a, a random collision. That it was that was the... Uh, Tag title match. That was good. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. <sighs> they would be the team in AEW, I guess. They had a couple good multi-mans of Punk. Yeah. I guess it's them by default. The Young Bucks <laughs> did nothing this year, so. Yeah. I'm not bringing them I up. Aussie Open, technically, because they work for them. Aussie Open? Kind of, the last good half start year, of the year, but they stunk after. They, they like, were fine after, and then uh, Mark Davis got injured. And it was just like, Twice. Oh, yeah. So, so that sort of uh, poo-poos that. Um, Mexico? Anyone in Mexico? No, there's no consistent teams. Yeah, we didn't really mention anyone. Any any best overall? Mystico. Oh, M- MVP Mystico, baby. Yeah, obviously Mexico MVP has got to be Mystico. But what about uh, in ring work? Most outstanding for Mystico. Maybe. I think Maybe? you can get. Yeah, I think you can get all the awards. Just give them all the awards. <laughs> I think I think Mystico should get all the awards. I think you should just win. <laughs> I would have voted Mystico as tag team of the year. Any team he was in, it was great. Um, promotion of the year. I think this is another conversation that we've sort of had off and on where it's just sort of like, I don't know. I don't People know. don't like it, but it's WWE. Yeah, I think I think the problem with that is just it's like WWE has undoubtedly had a great year. 
it is just comes down to your own personal subjective taste. If yeah. you, WWE's had a great business year, but if you don't like the product, then it's hard to vote. Like, I'm not a huge WB fan, so it's like hard to vote for them yeah. when I don't necessarily have the product. Other than that, I think the only other contenders for me are like CMLL, who's had a fantastic yeah. year all year long uh, and selling out arenas constantly. Arena. Um, arena. Arena. Okay. <laughs> it's a singular arena. Fair enough. The, uh, the one arena multiple times. I know um, they sell out a lot of other places when they go, but. And then all, all Japan has also had a good year that has slowly built themselves up to fighting uh, fighting against stardom as like the number two company in yeah. Japan. Yeah, yeah. Um, it wouldn't. It, I mean, they're not going to win that fight just because the Bushi Road sizing, you know, crushes. No, yeah. Everyone. Next, next year, Bushi Road and Stardom are going to be like, all right, let's fight. That's enough. That's um, enough. You had your shot. Um, I think you know. Here's the the praise I'll give all Japan. They might have the best match of any company in the big year-end, beginning-of-the-year Japan stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know a match that has as much excitement around it than the Triple Crown title match between Nakajima and Miyahara. At the end of the year? Yeah, which is on December 31st, so don't fill out those wrestling, uh, those uh, yeah <laughs> match-of-the-year battles just yet. That could um, be a great topper yeah for their for all japan's year i'll commonly say it will be i'm very confident in those two mm-hmm. um and the story they'll be able to tell but it will be a great topper and i'm hoping they they do well on the rest of that card yeah um i think they're bringing in some of ddt uh you they're ddt's champion who the hell is it ueno yes. he's gonna be on that show I think um, so, yes. he's, he's fighting the junior guys the top junior guys mm-hmm. um so it'll be interesting uh but I think it, like yeah, I think my placement would go like WWE one, CMLL two, and all Japan or AEW three. Like AEW, despite my, you know, I mean, obs- another good financial success of a year. It's just booking exactly. wise, they've been all they, over the they, place. They they had arguably the biggest show of the year. Yeah, in, all in. So, oh yeah, easily. Easily. And yeah, I think that's the frustration that comes down to, I think a lot of these promotion of the year things, it comes down to how much weight do you give financial success for yeah. the company? Cause then it's yeah. easily WWE one, AW two, CML you can probably put in there as three. Um, yeah. But then it comes, then it comes down to subjectiveness is I think AW's years booking wise has been very spotty. WWE, I'm not fully into it. There's been but moments where like, it makes sense. Yeah, but they've worked. I know WWE's working. That's yeah, thing. but it's it's working for not the hardcores, but it's it's working for the their fans. Exactly, and their fans are the most important part mm-hmm. of their puzzle. AEW is not working for their fans. That's there you go. Yeah, that's the best way cool. to bait. You know, make that basis right. Yeah, uh, best on interviews, promos. Um, uh, uh, Moxley. What about Punk? I, obviously he's been great but people are not, not, a, not a lot around but uh but he had a good run mm-hmm. the real world champion christian cage Ooh, interesting interesting christian cage has been a great promo this year that's an interesting i kind of like that a lot i kind of like christian cage a lot cody we've already mentioned sort of as cody well. of course i think cody will get a lot of votes how much votes uh, do you think mjf's gonna get <laughs> 
a decent amount. I think there's still people that like him. Christian is like a dark horse, I think. I think, I think Christian might get my vote. <laughs> he's had a very strong year on the mic. Yeah. If Eddie Kingston, obviously. He could get some votes, sure. sure, sure, sure. Um, he's just not in a – he wasn't in a prominent spot enough. Danielson. Um, Danielson. Danielson. Yeah, I think I would go Christian Cage. I kind of like Christian Cage a lot because it is like – there's a lot of people that are like, oh, they're great, but they're not doing a lot of stuff. Christian has been great consistently all year and has he done just a had lot maybe of one of his best this week. Yeah. So simple. It, everything he so does good. is just so simple. It's so He's good. So good. He's What's like a the... dark horse. I think he might get it. Uh, best weekly TV show. Uh, obviously, we're talking Still... about NWA on the CW app. <laughs> Still, pro- like, I watched NWA. part of Raw the other day. That ain't it, buddy. <laughs> um, NXT, not a chance. I mean, NXT might actually get some love because I know it's been a better show this year than it was last year, but like, sure, doesn't make it a good show. Sure, uh, SmackDown's probably I don't know about SmackDown. SmackDown's shorter than Raw, that might help it. Uh, but I still think it's probably Dynamite, or I really like Collision, but I think it's Dynamite still. Is the CMLL Super Friday show? Uh, that doesn't count as TV. Doesn't show. count. <laughs> If it's it every did, week, though, it's weekly. <laughs> if Super Viernes counted, then we were picking that. Oh man, uh, yeah, I was digging that. It's still dynamite. Uh, yeah, it probably is. Uh, not MLW Fusion. No, 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 no. I heard one you, I, ROH Honor Club TV. Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> right before we go, oh, it's eleven thirty. We definitely have to go, so I apologize. Yeah, we, it's okay. We can finish this right. Okay, match of the match of the year. Last one, match of the year. I won't go on personal and I'm going to go strictly for um, what I expect people to vote here. I think that's my best way to look at it and not prolong this conversation. Um, Austria Omega 1 and 2. Yeah, I think New Japan. Omega 1 is going to win, I think. Uh, From Uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, that's still the better one. That's probably the best New Japan match of the year. Yeah. You have the Okada Naito final. You have the Naito Osprey semifinal of the mm-hmm. G1. Um, I, think, I think a lot of people like that. Remember that random ass Hanare Shingo match? Yeah, that ain't getting matched. I, gonna, I think that's going to get some votes because people really love that. Well, match. people are delusional. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I named the ones that should be getting votes. Anyone, I think I think Osprey and uh, Shooter will get a vote or two here. Okay. I can see that. Um, uh, AW. AW, you have Hangman Swerve. That just happened. Yeah, you I have, think that's a late stage runner right there. And uh, Breeze and Bias could push it. MJF Danielson. MJF Danielson. Uh, Danielson Starks, I think, deserves the praise. Danielson you know, Okada. Danielson Okada will probably get some love. Daniel um, Omega and Osprey, obviously. Two, yeah. The uh, whatever show. Forbidden, Forbidden Door. door. Uh, it's fine. Uh, those are probably the top AEW ones. Saber Danielson, I'll throw in there. Saber Danielson as well. Um, yeah, that's probably that's probably all. WWE. comes down to taste. Uh, when I'm voting in this, um, yeah, sure. <laughs> down uh, to taste. but but this is this is just like what people will vote. Yeah. WWE, Roman Cody. Roman Cody, maybe. Um, oh, the uh, tag title main event from WrestleMania. 
Yeah, that was a really good Kevin match. and Sammy. I could that see that really getting votes. Match. That's probably their match of the year, truthfully. Gunther and something. Did he have a sure? Surely Gunther has a match of the year potential. The, the three-way from WrestleMania with uh, McIntyre uh, and Sheamus. Uh, Maybe? Yeah, I went. I went three and three quarters. All right. Well, I'm not asking you. I know, I know, but I'm just saying, like, oh yeah, it was good. What What did Dave give it? That's what these people look for. <laughs> great point. Great point. Uh, was that uh, that was WrestleMania Night Two? He gave it five stars. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, what do you give the uh, Night One tag match? I'm so happy you asked. You oh, it was WrestleMania you... Sunday, bastards! I clicked on the wrong one. Yeah, they were Night One. I I, I understand that. Um, damn it. Sammy, freaking out. he's freaking out. Folks. I am because I have a hard out and I need to. Uh, what is it? <laughs> five stars. I got five stars. Great. So yeah, <laughs> those two ma- those two matches will be the WWE considerations. Uh, any other impact? Uh, Osprey, Speedball, uh, Speedball. Yeah, I'll probably get some love. Maybe Stardom. I don't really know. Cage I mean, Stardom match. is Steel Cage match is probably the only thing. The I Cage match of. will get the love. From their uh, from fans, including myself, mm-hmm. uh, but that's the only that's the only one. If the All Japan Miyaharo Miyahara and Noah has also the Nakajima Miyahara yes. match, <laughs> but if, if if that match lives up and it, or exceeds the One Night Dream match, then that definitely, especially since it. it's December thirty first, yeah. that has gonna good chance of getting a lot of votes. Yeah, that's a great. Um, one. Yeah. That'll be all Japan's. All Japan has some great matches, but um, what was the best match in CMLL this year? Rocky and Rocky and Volador, Rocky Volador, Rocky and Mascara Dorado. Yeah, the anniversary show was kind of a letdown a little bit. Yeah, for what was a great year, maybe Dorado, um, or Volador with Rocky. Those would be my two choices off the top of my head. It feels like it's a Rocky match because otherwise, it's they've just been consistent. That's Rocky, by the way. Mover and shaker. Mover and shaker. I think it is. Uh plugs. Match of the week. Scotty. Great. Match of the week. Um, Danielson and Kingston. Easy peasy. We didn't talk about it. Um, oh, and I saw Godzilla minus one. Yes. It was unbelievable. I had (laughs) I was crying for like the last like 30 minutes. Really? Or not crying, but I had tears in my ass. Um, it was incredible that's my recommendation of the week i'm going to try to have like a new recommendation of the week for sure for the for the pop culture freaks out there like myself <laughs> um it was insane i saw the i saw the love for it i went on a whim just went right to it theater was packed by the way yeah i was it was the first time i've been in a packed theater in a very long time and and i go to the movies a decent amount and i go it was movies. fantastic might yeah. be my movie of the year. Is, is I saw been... Oppenheimer. I loved Oppenheimer, but this was. Is Godzilla minus one playing in theaters? Yes. Uh, that, ooh, okay. That's what I just said. I went to a theater. To see it. Ooh, ooh, AMC North. Highly recommend. If you can get, if you can read, if you can do subtitles, you'll be perfectly fine. I'm sure if you're a Japanese wrestling fan, you can do subtitles. I really want to see a dream scenario, the new Nick Cage movie. I don't like Nick Cage. Oh, okay, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, the show just ended, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> the show's like, all right, well, fuck you. Well, uh, uh, follow me at Scotty Wrestling on X. And I follow gave me you all my plugs. Follow me at Ryan Nicey. I realized the other day I've not seen a single Marvel movie except for Guardians this year, uh, but I only watched Guardians because that's uh, the only good one. 
Yeah, well, it was the only good one, and my wife worked on it, so I had I don't to. Know see what it. the other movies were? Also, I saw Guardians for free. Now that I think about it, <laughs> so oh, Guardians yeah. for free because I went to the the press, well, not the press screening, but the uh, crew screening. Um, good time. Uh, I, I watched it in the fir- very first row of the theater, so my neck is destroyed because of it. Nice. You're gonna get TV and movie recommendations from me on a weekly basis now. That's fine. I appreciate it. I love movies. You know what? Yeah, Godzilla minus one. Uh, my match of the week, Zack Sabre Jr., Mike Bailey. Like I said, I was catching up uh, on New Japan stuff, so Lone Star Shootout, Mike Bailey, Zack Sabre Jr. That's a lot more recent, at least. Than, I, than, uh, actually, I only have two matches. I have three matches left for New Japan to watch to fully catch up from this year that I need, that I wanted to watch. So I'll probably That's finish true. that up to admit today, maybe, or tomorrow. Um, follow me on Twitter at Ryan. I see follow Scotty at Scotty Wrestling. Follow the whole show at Countout Pod. That's where you get all of our podcasts. You're just with Death Ring Post Radio. Okada Shorts, Stardom Road. Um, like I said, subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Countout Pod. Uh, like I said, I'm going to be trying to put out more stuff next year. I have some plans in mind for next year uh, regarding uh the observer that's all i'm gonna say um i will be back next week for a massive show Uh, a lot more interesting topics probably next week we're talking the continental classic impact final resolution the final pay-per-view for impacts history aw winter is coming ring of honor final battle rev pro uprising whatever the hell else happens in the world of professional wrestling until next week we will see you all goodbye everybody this has been a count out podcast Have you guys heard of the new show on the Canat Network, the Ichiban Sweetcast? It's the brand new New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast starring the International Wrestling Grand Prix. That's me, your good friend Curtis Spears. And me, your bad friend Rafe Houston. And we're here to talk about everything New Japan Pro Wrestling, reacting to everything, getting worked up, getting very happy, sometimes crying. Kind of like like something else we used to do, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was the old uh, Okada Shorts podcast, right? Ah, that's right. And if you love that show, you're going to love this show because it's exactly the same show. Yeah, we just had to change the name. Yeah, we, we did. But you can check it everywhere on a social media handle that we haven't made yet. <laughs> yeah, we're really new to this. So <laughs> what you can do is search on your favorite podcast catcher of choice. Look for the Ichiban Sweetcast. Sweetcast, Ichiban.